There's snow in the air, jingle bells in the distance. It's nearing the holidays, and this is one of B-Sticks Podcast's last shows of the year. Say it isn't so! Welcome to Comings and Goings, a season of miracles, a B-Sticks holiday special. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. There's a whole lot of news a whole lot of pay-per-views, and a whole lot of, well, Jews for Hanukkah. A whole lot of a whole lot of sickness between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A whole lot of sickness two of between you and I, too, buddy. Woo. Oh let's my hope, gosh. Let's hope it doesn't travel through the internet. Let's hope not. You know, y'all don't need a computer virus. Oh. <laughs> Don't say that. They might just tune out. That was pathetic. <laughs> that seems to happen to us around this time of year. Yeah, yeah, it is. Tis the season, the flu season. And God, it hits in various forms. I was just sick the other yeah. week, like not that long ago. And this is a completely different kind of head cold. Uh, I'm a little bit better today, though. And I'm looking forward to rocking this show out for all of you. It's going to be a good time. This is a good one. I'm really excited for this one, of course. Like you said, it's the end of the year, and we got so much to talk about. We also got a preview of the year to come with uh, folks' contracts and where they may or may not end up. And, Pasty, the end of the year means that come the beginning of the year, we're moving closer and closer to our Beefies Awards. Yes, I'm excited for that. Fifth annual Beefies Awards, and we're only on season two, folks. It's uh, it's always a fun time, and we always come up with some uh, lavish and outlandish awards to hand out. And I think this year will be no different. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's funny when I sit and I'm watching wrestling, or I'm reading articles, or I'm reading magazines, and I'm already coming up with, oh yeah, that'd be a good person for this award, or oh man, we could make an award for this. Or <laughs> I'm just my head's just going and going constantly. And where's part is though i forget about it 10 minutes later and now i don't know yeah <laughs> ah but it's the top of the show and at the top of the show it's time you know that we have to give some love to our sponsors and this week we've got a new addition to the family but first i gotta give a shout out to quality's t-shirt company of wilmer minnesota bringing you the finest in custom tees with sublimation heat transfer vinyl and decals, and custom logo graphic rendering. Qualities is your one-stop shop. For all the things that cradle your man boobs, it's a wonderful life. Yes, Qualities. And of course, it's Christmas. Makes me think of Nightmare Before Christmas, which makes me think of monsters and monster wear clothing. Just another local shop run by a mom and pop, bringing you your small runner bulk orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics. My buddy, Corey Matthews, got you for all the things you need for this holiday season to give your family members some of that custom flair. This man is a monster when it comes to graphics work. And you would be amiss if you didn't check out what they have in stock. Monster Wear Clothing. Yes. I'm going to turn it over to Fat Mac as he brings in the newest member of the Cloud Style family, 
Well, of course, Manscaped.com is giving support for Beef Sticks Podcast, and they are so excited to be on the Cloud Style family. And dare I say, Pacey and I are super excited to be on the Manscaped train. Manscaped, if you haven't heard, is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And tis the season. Pasty, I remember a while back, I was getting ready for a little visit from one of my lady friends, and I wanted to trim it up nice and neat, and I wanted to put a little a little Christmas tree down there. I thought, oh, I can get creative. But I'm not good go. with a straight rager being creative. So I took out the old electric buddy, and, a bzzz, and the next thing I knew, snag, ouch, blood. It was a mess. Not only was I embarrassed, but I had to clean up the Christmas tree, take it down, but the red lights were still shining on the crotchal area. Not good. And I'll tell you what, my lady friend was a little more than hesitant to go down there. And that is why Manscaped, though, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology so that this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. And it is rechargeable and waterproof, so you can shave in or out of the shower, wherever you feel comfortable. Basically, the last thing you want is a scene right out of cycle while you're enjoying the most relaxing part of your day, that being the shower. <coughs> Halloween's over. We don't need that. And the Lawnmower 2.0 is so user-friendly. Basically, you can even trust your nuts to your woman. In fact, after that mishap a while back, I had another lady friend over here, and I had her trim my bush. And she kept... She was so scared and hesitant to do it. But Pacey, the thing, I didn't even think she was doing anything. The only reason I knew the trimmer was on because I could hear the, the quiet buzz. I'm telling you, with manscaping, accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use, I, I can't say this enough, and I shouldn't have to say it, but some folks are falling into this. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. It's just nasty. It's disgusting. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. You don't need your beard smelling like your scrotum. No. No, you don't. But, but if your scrotum smells, Manscaped's got you covered with that as well. And this is, I think, my favorite product on the board. It's a liquid powder testicular deodorant called... The Crop Preserver. Preserving it. And it is wonderful. Yes, it is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. I mean, you already put deodorant on your armpits. And if you're like pasty and I, you put it under those man titties. So why oh, yeah. are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? In fact, another story I might have to put out here for pasty, and I'm not going to say names. I don't kiss and tell. But... I told my lady friend the other night that I was using crop preservers so my balls wouldn't stink. And she looked right at me and said, your balls didn't stink the other night when they were on my nose. And I told her, why do you think <laughs> I was using crop preserver that night too? I mean, Manscaped for life. Yes, this is a proven, I can prove it. It's, it's woman approved, it's man approved. This is what you want. Folks, this stuff really works and I and it can work for you also. Save your marriage. Or just pamper your lady friend by using Manscaped's full line of products. And this is the best part, Pasty. This is the part that gets me tingly and a little chub. Yeah. Just for being a listener to our podcast, you can get 
$20 off plus free shipping with the code BEEFSTICKS at manscaped.com. Folks, that's B-E-F-S-T-I-C-K-S, no space. Go to manscaped.com, put that in the promo code box, 20% off, free shipping. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Well, my balls have been thanking me every day since we hooked up with Manscaped. I love the product, and I cannot recommend it enough all the way around. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be double dipping, and I think I'm going to order some more of their products because uh, we didn't get it all in this first run. But I'm really interested to see what else they have to offer. Well, you know what's great, Pasty? If you use our promo code BEEFSTICKS, that's B-E-E-F-S-T-I-C-K-S with no spaces, you'll get 20% off that order and free shipping. What do you have to lose? I love that. It's so great. Hey, and maybe they'll come up with a pine-scented crop preserver for you for the next time you try to make a Christmas tree with your pubes. Talk about the ring-jing-jingling-ding-ding-dingling-dong. You know, somebody Uh, else who I think uses a lot of Manscaped's products, Pasty, is our good old friend, JR. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I think he also likes his Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, he does. He uses... The Crop Preserver on his Dunkin' Donuts, as you will find out in this week's Token JRR. It's a short one this week, folks. Short but sweet. Oh, not the kidney, for God's sake. It's not the Dunkin' Donuts. The Dinkin' Dots. The Dinkin' Dots. I love that. I also want to take that O oh, from the beginning of it and put it into Unbelievable from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> <Great. laughs> That is great. And, folks, as you know, the best JRRs have no context. But as we've said in the past, 90% of them, even in context, are just as weird. Sometimes more weird because you don't know where it came from. I can guarantee you this clip right here had nothing to do with donuts or Dinkin' Dots or junk food in the least. It was, in fact, about a stabbing, and I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) He makes it sound so joyful in a way. (laughs) I mean, that's uh, that's beautiful. It's good stuff. <laughs> ah, what, else, what else is beautiful is the landscape of the wrestling world. And I'm not sure what you got to watch for wrestling this week, but my selection was sort of limited. I did check out AEW this week, and I was not disappointed. Um, there is some good promo work, uh, some, some good work uh, with John Moxley and Chris Jericho leading into some uh, speculations on whether or not he's going to join the inner circle. Which uh, we know he's not, but I no. love I love this buildup, and I think this is going to just be – this is really fun. I, I'm curious, and I'm on the edge whether I want this to happen or not, if Moxley is going to get his own faction. I'm a fan of factions. Yeah. I like factions. Yeah, but faction orphan. You know, yeah. if you had back in WWE at one time, you had Los Bariquas, you had DX, you had Nation of Domination, you had Disciples of Apocalypse, and um, you had probably one or two other at the time, and I, I know I'm missing them, but that one was just all jobbers and just throwing together. And of course, that can work. You look at um, Nation of Domination, Ron Simmons was the only non jobber, yeah. and look what happened to Rocky Johnson. Bam! If uh, if Moxley got his own faction, who would you throw in it? 
You know, that's a good question. I'd love I to think see MJF in there. MJ, yeah, MJF. I, uh, I would say throw in the hardcore guys. Throw in Janela. Throw in um, uh, Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, Havoc. And what if uh, what if our good friend uh, Sammy Callahan showed up? That would be wonderful. And, and um, re- I think that's my biggest Christmas wish: Sammy Callahan and AEW. Oh, I would love to see Switch Switchblade Conspiracy as a team, and then the breakup with those matches against each other. Yes. Oh, oh man, it could, could you be imagine a, fucking fantastic. A Switchblade match? I know they could gimmick it enough to where they got a couple Switchblades in there and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I like that or not, but it kind of writes itself. Um, did, I do want to point. Did Go you ahead. hear about the pay per view that was announced on on Dynamite? The first uh, AEW pay-per-view of 2020. Is it the one that we've known about, or is there a new no, one now? It's, it's, it's got a title. It's all new, kind of. It's called Revolution. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Is that going to be on the uh, Jericho cruise ship, or is that No, that's Jericho in Chicago. Ship? It's in Chicago. Okay. Which is um, weird because they were just in Chicago, but I guess that's probably their biggest and best market for it. And they're this is what they're calling their WrestleMania. They say it's going to be the grandest wrestling event you've ever laid eyes on. Which I like that. I I, I like it. I it's it's Revolution, which is funny because NXT did our Evolution was one of the first takeovers, right? Um, and then Evolution, the women's pay per view that WWE didn't use this year, and I think that's why they're doing it. Well, and if they stick, and if they stick with Revolution, it kind of becomes redundant after a couple of years. You're not yeah. revolutionizing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. This is as good of a spot as any, and I don't have it on here, Pasty. But I do want folks to, you know, and I'm as guilty as anybody because I've never gone to an AEW live event. Please go out there and buy tickets and go visit them and go check them out. They're uh, having a hard time filling up even small venues other than Chicago, and it's. Scary. They're they're. Cody you know, they're says. On TV. Cody says even at the last one though they were running at eighty percent capacity and that's better than most. Uh, that's, he, that's, and it's equivalent asked, to some SmackDown tapings, like some of the lesser SmackDown tapings. Which, he, that is that is actually true. He was very positive. He he's put a positive light a, on uh, it. A page from Vince McMahon. Yeah. Oh, but he's doing the Vince McMahon thing where it was at eighty percent capacity. But from from most of the reports I've seen from um, the a the dirt sheets and then what people are coming out from the venues is that they're running about sixty percent paid. So eighty percent, yes, but eighty percent, yeah, isn't paid. And also, the pitchers don't lie. There's eighty percent didn't <laughs> show up. And I mean, these are ones that they have pitchers showing, you know, during the, the first match and the third match. And I mean, it's not like this is pre dark match shows. This is. Um, yeah. It's hurting. It's it's kind of scary. I, know, mean, I was watching ROH. And you like, want to oh talk gosh, about ROH turnout numbers, though? Ring of Honor final AW. battle, <laughs> which we're going to be getting into here in a little bit, had a very small crowd in a normal sized wrestling arena, and the announcers kept referencing it sarcastically. Yep, it but was that's not good. We don't no like that. no, but. It's, it's yeah. sad to see for Ring of Honor. It's really sad to see that they have to make their jabs on themselves at it, basically. Like, all the people up in the nosebleed seats, like, nobody's up in the fucking nose. Nobody's more than ten rows back. What are you talking about? All your lights are off except the ones directly on the ring. 
It's never a good right. Sign. And the worst thing you can do, <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing you can do is draw attention to it. Yeah. Even if you think you're making light of it. Well, I mean, don't honestly, draw to it. I think that I, I don't hurts. know how much that Just actually it hurt them because like because I would I would have noticed had they have not said anything. I did notice before they said anything. But uh, to my credit, it was hour one, which I didn't realize was the fucking pre-show. I'm like, why do they keep calling it hour one? Why why are they you know like. <laughs> but then it was I realized it was the pre-show. Oh, you watched hour one? What is wrong with you? I don't know. It, the crowd didn't <laughs> no fill up. You, no the crowd didn't fill up any between hour one. I, <laughs> I skipped the pre-show altogether. <laughs> if I would have known, if I would have known. No, not a lot. Yeah. Not. But I guess. Do you have anything more? Otherwise, I guess we. That's a good transition <laughs> into our. Um, results of Ring of Honor Final Battle, which some of you may be thinking, what happened to the predictions? We dropped them on Facebook.com forward slash Beefsticks podcast last night to show all of you, and just so that we could be honest with you, which, with each other, keep ourselves honest, you got to yes. do that, because, of course, issues came up, and uh, this is the this is the time your issues come up, and we just couldn't make it last night, but that works out, we got the results tonight, and we still have two more results shows to do next week, because we got two more predictions yet this show, Pasty. Yes, we do, so at least this makes it a little bit more smooth for us and you, but with that, and without any more ado... Let's get into Ring of Honor Final Battle. We kicked it off. Yes, we kicked it off with the pre-show. Hour one, as they call it, which is kind of a little bit deceiving. And we let off with the (laughs) tag match. Silas Young and Josh Woods defeating Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry. Man, I was disappointed to see Dalton lose. Yeah, so was I. Uh, Definitely so was I. Although you picked uh, Silas and Josh for the win, so you only have yourself to blame there, sir. (laughs) And then we had Kenny King defeating (laughs) Rhett Titus. And let me tell you, Rhett Titus looks like he's on steroids and meth at the same time, and it bothers me a lot. And he wrestles like he's on steroids. It's <laughs> yeah, not yeah, great. Yeah, but Kenny no. King. <laughs> the better man came Kenny out King, on top. I always love sure. watching him. For sure. Easily, easily. And and King hasn't been winning a lot lately, so I was happy to see that. I didn't watch the pre-show, but I was happy to see that in the results. He deserves it, and I love I love that he won even with the ego driven like going and 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 blowing kisses at Rhett Titus's daughter. That was good. Sometimes you just got to do that. You got to let the heel win and and still be so deviously devilish. And I love the 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 ties he made to himself being Shawn Michaels and Rhett Titus being. God damn it! I'm stupid right now. Uh, well, but we love you. Yeah, Shawn Michaels takes Marty Jannetty. Yeah, there you go, Marty. Gennetti. Marty Jannetty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we had Jeff Cobb defeating Dan Maff. These are two of the stupidest last names in wrestling, and they're the same format. <laughs> they really are. Cobb Maff. Yep. Consonant vowel double consonant. What? <laughs> yeah. 
In two they, years' they time, everybody in Ring of Honor is going to have names with this format. <laughs> <laughs> it's just be great. Well, you know, that means that somebody's going to have the last name of Jeff because Jeff Cobb doubled up on that consonant vowel double consonant. Yes, he did. <laughs> There's going to be somebody with three consonant vowel double consonant names in his name. Oh! <laughs> oh, man. Then we had, on the main card, a tag main match card. between Bandito and Flamita defeating... Villain Enterprise is Marty Skrull and Flip Gordon, which is to be expected. I, I didn't expect I mean, it. unless you were expecting Marty Skrull to stay with Ring <laughs> of Honor. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Bandito is all over the place, too. He's not, def- he's not actually a Ring of Honor guy, although he works with them. He also does a lot of work down in CMLL, and he does a lot of work with New Japan, and he's been on AEW. So it's not like he's really a Ring of Honor, you know, diehard either. Yeah. But lately, he's been showing up more. I suppose. Uh, this this was a solid match. Um, like I said, I'm sad Marty Skrull had to lose, even though I predicted Marty Skrull was going to lose. Yeah. Villain Enterprises, I... Um, you the know, question it's be... is, does this mean Flip leaves with Marty? Are their contracts up at the same time? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's going to be sad if, if Marty Skrull... Villain Enterprises is one of the best things that... Ring of Honor has going for it right now. And this pay-per-view proved you know what they, I mean? they really need some good things going. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, Marty Skrull could always still wrestle with Ring of Honor, you know he what could. I mean, and keep Villain yeah. Enterprises alive. There's nothing saying he won't. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's sad. Uh, he could do great in AEW, but I also worry that he's just going to be um, another Kenny Omega in AEW, and I don't want to see that. You know, Kenny yeah. Omega went from – I was actually had a discussion on one of the leaderboards. that Kenny Omega went from one of the greatest wrestlers in the world to a glorified mid-carder, not even a great mid-carder. Yeah, but I mean, in the beginning, AEW. in the beginning, everybody said all the, the elite were going to do was put themselves over in their own little playground, and they, and they had to prove those people wrong. And I think, I think Kenny Omega is due for a... <laughs> Kenny Omega. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not no, none of them have had championships. You know, who hasn't? Well, championships are just props. Let's be I... honest. <laughs> But Cody, the Bucks, they're all winning every match they're ever going to have. So you think they're going to take the tag team championships next week? They're getting week? the they screen take time. On? Brandy Rhodes is the only woman they got anything with. Well, that's yet to come, buddy. That's yet to come. <laughs> it's going to be a good one, though. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. to. It's a good thing to wonder, like, where Marty Skrull's going. He could go anywhere. He could show up in NXT. I could I could see him to do that. UE it, it up. Is. It is. He's already in VE, you know what I mean? Just kind of stretch He'd it out great a little bit. In NXT. <laughs> yep. There you go. That that would be awesome and they're all ROH guys, you know. <laughs> I love it. Then we've seen a match of Vincent and Matt Taven Steam. Yes. This of this... course is not Vincent uh Mike Jones Olive Garden Vincent. <laughs> 
Virgil, you mean? Vincent, Mike Jones, Olive Garden, Virgil. Remember All of him? those, yes. You don't remember him being Vincent? I, I don't know. Okay. I, I, I yeah. don't think I remember him from anything <laughs> ever except for people complaining about him when they try to get autographs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's completely honest pasty right here. Like outside of that, I don't I don't remember him wrestling whatsoever, so uh except for AEW where I haven't really had too many complaints about his stuff other than he's shitty, but I think the roles he's been put in it was meant to be shitty, and so for me it was a plus. Oh But this match was not that Vincent, as you had said. And it was uh it was a fight. It was a slobber knocker. This match really picked up the pace for the pay-per-view and pitted some of, I think, the future of Ring of Honor. Because these guys both have a lot going for them, I think. Uh, I would agree. This was, I think this was the first, like, real strong fight of the night. And I enjoyed it a lot. How could you not? The sign of respect at the end? Like, you earned your spot, kid. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yes. That was pretty awesome. And they just, they they pulled out a lot of the stops, but left enough for the main event also, you know? Yep. Yeah, this is, I was kind of halfway tuned in, which makes sense because I watched the pre-show on accident. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And this is where I really started to to pay a little bit more focus to the show. And this is where I would recommend tuning in. I mean, of course you want to watch Bandito and Flamita defeat Marty Skrull and Flip Gordon, but, you know, there's that part of me that didn't want to see it. Yeah. Uh, Yes, Vincent defeated Matt Taven, bringing it to one to one and then we had ourselves a little street fight without oh. a showing of respect at the end or anywhere in this match because it was Mark Haskins taking on Bully Ray. This and was God so damn, good. They tried to go harder than Moxley Omega, I think. Yeah, they did a lot of innovative stuff. What I liked best about this was it seemed like the street fight, the hardcore match, the, whatever, the punishment... Not the punishment, but the Street Fight Hardcore match. The match itself was secondary to, and I, I give this fully to Bully Ray. I put that all on Bully Ray's shoulder. Is that the story they were telling the yes. whole time? Bully was vocal. Bully was very um, adamant, animated with his body. He used a lot of uh, facial cues and um, uh, movements of his arms to express what was going on sitting down on the chair and just whap him in every now and then with the dagum uh, kendo stick while he's berating him was th- there was so much story in this match and a lot of times that gets left out of a street fight uh, for the main reason as it doesn't necessarily need it right but this it made it so much better i just loved oh you're bleeding a lot. And then he <laughs> wipes the blood off the mat and paints his face with it. Oh, like, does the war We've paint? seen oh, that no, plenty no, no. of times, but I think just him saying, oh, you're bleeding a lot, like he's concerned, just, yeah. just next leveled that shit. I don't think anybody's as good at in-ring talking as Bully Ray. Not a, not a promo, but like during the match, like cutting Psychology. him down, verbally berating your opponent. Yes. 
I love it. And it's something that wrestling is sorely missing, especially like on the WWE front. Oh, for sure. Man, Chris Jericho, when he first broke out, went to New Japan. Like, he was very verbal in his matches, too. Yep. I think that's something that they don't teach a lot nowadays. At least that's that's what it seems when, when people are coming up in any aspect. You look at right. Impact, you look at Ring of Honor, you look at AEW, you look at <laughs> WWE, you look at any of them, and it just seems like they, they put a lot more into the moves in the match, which is a huge, important part, uh-huh. but not so much the psychology, and... Yeah, I, I think it's something I enjoy watching. I talk about it all the time. And you it's think WWE that would be hard. stressing it more, too, with how often you can hear them calling spots in the rings? Like, you can really mask that shit if you talk some shit in between. Well, and especially how much that they are storyline-driven. They admit they're not a wrestling program. They're an entertainment program. So work on psychology and storytelling in the ring, not just the match. Yes. Man, they should have kept, they kept Bully around. They should have let oh. him be that gimmick. He could have changed things for the better over there. Even if they made just, him do it on NXT. He could have just been a backstage guy. He could have been a promo coach. He could have been a wrestling coach. He could have been... He doesn't have to be on the screen. He's just... He's so valuable Yep. as a wrestling person. He's just so valuable as a human being, almost. Yep. And instead, they kept Devon and... I mean, look at... Um, he's got a, ra- a weekly radio show that he, yes. that is amazing. Yes, busted open. I love it. He's he's awesome. I mean, he's secondary on there, but he's he's definitely a needed voice. He is. I wouldn't mind seeing him on a commentary booth somewhere down the line. Him and Taz. maybe on an AEW Dark. Dude, oh. him and Taz should open a hardcore promotion, or just a promotion. How about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I don't like gimmick promotions. I like promotions that are just fun to watch. Yeah. But I get it. Uh, I, this definitely, I can't recommend watching this match enough. I think you should definitely go back and watch this one. Yes. And I, I didn't pay enough attention to this match and I really wanted to, I started dozing off because of my long day and my cold and just, I I stopped it after this match. I'm like, I'm going to go back and watch that match and I'm going to watch the rest of it. And then I didn't get around to it because I suck and I feel bad, but I will. Oh, it's life. Yes. And we had you know, less than 24 hours to get it done in. So hello. (laughs) That street fight though is definitely enough to bring me back to finish out this pay-per-view. And if you don't watch it for any other reason, I recommend you watch it for that. (laughs) And speaking of that, next up we had two amazing pro wrestlers, Alex Shelley defeating Colt Cabana. This was a match that wasn't advertised at least as of last night when we uh, dropped it. So that's no Shelley called out Colt in the pre-show actually. Oh, is that what happened? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. Um, this one I I'm not ashamed to say I was disappointed in. Alex Shelley is kind of showing his age. He's one of those um Seth Rollins, Kenny Omega, one of those guys who's just so amazing in the ring and, and uh, the innovator of sliced bread too. Not the originator, but I think one his sliced bread too is one of the best ever. And he was just off, I'd say, a step and a half, not even just a step. And Colt Cabana, who is a a fun wrestler, and uh, he's been getting serious on NWA, and I actually like that better, I think. Yeah. But he's never been, at least in my opinion, the greatest in-ring performer. No. And this, to me, was the, um, this, to me, was the, uh, oh, um, JR's got me on a new term, the the let-em-up match. I used to call it the bathroom break. 
He calls it the let them up match. Just let them up. Let them up get a Coke. Let them up go to the bathroom. <laughs> let them up check their phone. It's a let them up match. <laughs> this seemed like a let them up match. And if, I, if I'm talking to people who don't have a lot of time, if you're going to watch this pay-per-view, I'd say you could skip this one and you're not out anything. Yeah, and I came into this with no context, but on the pre-show when Alex Shelley wanted to fight Colt Cabana because he respects and admires the man, like, to me right off the bat, that didn't paint a very solid picture. Like, I don't think you're going to have the best match. Yeah. You know, if there's something behind it. I, I get the respect thing, but like you said, Alex Shelley's showing his age. And so for two wrestlers who are kind of probably showing their age, eh. And, and Alex Shelley, he's done amazing solo matches, but he's he shines most in either tag matches or multi-man matches. Of course, he was part of the Motor City Machine Guns, which was one of the greatest tag teams along yes. with Beer Money, Inc. in Impact history. And then he went to New Japan and became part of one of the greatest tag teams there with Kushida as the Time Splitters. Hello? Um, so he's just, he, he can do good solo matches, but that's not where he shines the brightest. And maybe it's because, I mean, maybe that's one of the things that he needs help hiding. Maybe that's one of the things he's not, uh, going forward, the older he gets and everything. Maybe he shouldn't have solo matches. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Isha. But I think there's a reason that this match wasn't advertised on the card beforehand. Yeah. It's not putting butts in seats. To steal a phrase from Tony Schiavone. <laughs> but then we had Maria Manic defeating Angelina Love, and probably the one that I was most hesitant about who I was going to pick to win. Yeah. Yeah. I had to pick the, the veteran of the bunch as much as I don't agree with it. I, I know they put Angelina Love over in the past. When I have oh, with it. So I figured they might do it again, and <laughs> I was wrong. Oh, yeah, and Maria Manic is new to the promotion, so um, you just don't know. Are they going to try to push her right away because she's new? Are they going to um, you know, let her lose and, and build her up? Angelina Love, of course, has the Allure stable, which is the biggest stable in, in Ring of Honor right now and is a huge part of Women of Honor. Hey, our and friends then, Allure from Galactic Get Down two years ago should probably jump on that and say, hey, better give us some money. <laughs> I think you're right. And then there's the whole thing that, again, really doesn't mean anything in business. But sometimes when people have relationships, you know, Teddy Hart just left um, MLW and Maria Manic is his girlfriend. Are they going to try to keep Maria Manic happy to maybe persuade Teddy Hart to come over? Because Lure him in. To lure him in. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a good match. I liked it. it. It isn't the best woman's match you're going to watch this year, but it was a solid woman's match from a, a veteran and an up-and-comer that both, I think, played their part just well. I mean, this is just a solid, if you want just a solid A-minus match that's fun to watch and you're going to enjoy it, but you don't expect anything super innovative out of it, this is good. This is not one I would skip. Yes. Well, I'll definitely be checking it out when I uh, make my next playthrough. Up next, we had the Ring of Honor television title match. Seeing Dragon Lee defeating Shane Taylor for the Ring of Honor television title. Tying it up at 2-2, two and two, as I yeah, receive we, another point. 
kind of you and I went back and forth. You won the first match. I won the second match. We both lost the third match. The fourth match wasn't advertised. I won the fifth match. And Pasty picked Dragon Lee to defeat Shane Taylor on this one. So it tied it up 2-2 two two with only two matches left to go. Um, this was a match that is good. It is good. But I think the two styles didn't mix well to me. I was disappointed watching this match. You got Shane Taylor, the powerhouse. You got Dragon Lee, who is, of course, amazing um, Japan, uh, um, Puro Russo and Lucha style. They didn't. They they just seemed like they were having two different matches at the same time. They both did great stuff. Yeah. It just didn't. To me, it didn't gel. Yeah, I can. It kind of. It broke. Yeah, no, I had to. So it was I a shot in the dark, but I've been one. hearing more and more this... about Dragon Lee all the time. So I, I just had to go with him. I think there's there's a growing. Oh, and Dragon Lee's another one. Name. He's in Ring of Honor. He's in Triple uh, A. Yeah, he's in AEW. He's in New Japan. He's one of those that just makes the rounds and is everywhere. He's a busy, busy guy. Yes, he is, and now he's your Ring like of Honor that. Television Champion. But this was the beginning of a trend, Pasty. That kind of surprised me. Yes, he is. Um, and that is that. Coming up on the next match, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, the the champions also lost them. Jay and Mark Briscoe, them boys that uh, Pasty and Mac both thought were going to keep hold of them going into the new year, lost to Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. Didn't see that coming. Well, I did watch an interview with... um... With with uh, proud and powerful and Chris Van Vliet this week, and they had said that they cannot call themselves the best tag team in the world until they take down Jay and Mark. And, and with them saying that and this happening, I have to question whether or not the Briscoes are going to break away Ooh. from Ring of Honor. I didn't see the match, but do you think Briscoes would work in AEW? I mean, they I have, think as a as a tag have team, a possibility to, but they to me that's a real different style. They would have to come in and immediately take the championships. You know what I mean? They would have to reign over the yard. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but Santana and Ortiz versus I, the Briscoes. I, I wouldn't mind checking it oh out. Oh my god. I would throw a circle jerk party for that. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I would love it. And let's let's also point out that Santana and Ortiz, as as amazing as they are, are not in the top five for best tag teams in the world at this point. But no. you gotta love them for you gotta have confidence if you're gonna be in this business. And it's awesome that they pointed out the Briscoes specifically, because yes. the Briscoes are consistently probably one of the best tag teams that we've had this in the last decade. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very easy to say. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't see this match, but uh, to me, that's kind of what it lines up to. It you know, it is worth pointing out also, though, that Jay and Mark have never done anything major outside of Ring of Honor. You know, a few things over in New Japan, but they've never really, they've been Ring of Honor from the beginning to the end, which is great for their loyalty. Yeah. He, 
But, you know, you look at some of the old ECW guys that were amazing in ECW, and then they went other places, and they just didn't do well. You, I'd hate to say this because they're one of my favorite tag teams of all time, and I put them on the list of greatest. Would they work good in any other promotion other than uh, Ring of Honor? I'd say maybe NWA. Oh, yeah, they'd be my, fantastic. Me, that's the best there. I would see them in. I, they would work there. I would like them. You know, if they did a year contract with AEW, I think that would be perfect. Get them in, get your stories done, get those dream matches out of the way, and let them go. Because, yeah, a promo like NWA or even MLW is, I think, where they yep. fit. I would agree. Pasty, neither one of us got points for this because, of course, we went for the the Briscoes instead of the How Double could you J's. Not? How could you not? I, I did. I did. <laughs> But that brings us to probably the second most difficult one for me to pick was Roosh defending his championship against PCO. Roosh, they've really been behind. He's got a huge push, and he's got a super upside. And he's a traveling uh, wrestler who, again, goes to multiple promotions. He's often in New Japan. And he and his wife just lost the child. That's horrible. I feel like that should protect to you know him keeping his championship like keep your keep your guys psychology going <laughs> through these hard times but uh i can i can see that but yeah they had a badass beast of a french monster <laughs> strip it away from him the french canadian frankenstein lived up to his name and put on a, sh- a hell of a match that was massive that was crazy that went all over the ring that had doors, yes, folks, doors from your house brought out from under the ring. And the best line was uh, uh, Ricky, uh, um, uh, um, Ian Rick- Riccoboni, who said, he's bringing doors out from under the ring. You know, usually I try to come up with an excuse of why something's under the ring, but damn it, somebody just put those there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would there be fucking, because earlier in the, Earlier in the the, the pay-per-view when uh, Bully Ray was there, they pulled out ladders, and he's like, they got the ladders because they work on the tresses up above, and they need those ladders for lighting. You know, he, <laughs> this time he's like, but those ladders I make shit up usually, high. but I can't even make nothing up for this. There's just fucking doors. <laughs> it was it was awesome. I loved that he, uh, I loved that he just called it out. Like, this is just fucking ridiculous, but we love it. Yeah. And then there was a moment. Where, Pacey, I told you, and I, and I stand by it, I don't know yet if I love it or hate it. Um, it's it's super with PCO's character, but it's also super cheesy. But there was a moment when PCO was out, down, done for, out of it. It was over. He was outside of the ring. Rue should beat the shit out of him. And Destro came and took the hearse and ripped open the hood of the hearse and took out jumper cables and started restarted PCO using jumper cables, which was just... <laughs> and they had the smoke machines just shooting smoke everywhere. It was fun. It was entertaining. But it was super cheesy, and... It does I, harken back gonna, to YouTube's The Resurrection of PCO. <laughs> I did watch the entire series. I don't know why I watched the entire series, but I did. Why not? And that was one of the first... I think it was the first episode, actually, when he came seeking him for for rehabilitation purposes. I think one of the first things he did was hooked him up to the car battery and he shocks him throughout every episode. Like after training, he ends the training with a shock. (laughs) 
Yeah, and and it's good, and that's perfect for a YouTube sh- video, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm still on the fence of whether I like it in the match or not. I'm not. I, saying I, I love. I love that I we live in a world where you can dive deeper into the the mythology behind your favorite wrestlers through these YouTube shows, and I wish it happened more. But it does affect the people who haven't seen them quite a bit. I know, I know. You and right. I like don't see eye to eye on a whole lot of AEW storylines because I watched Being the Elite. And you do not. Right. And I I come back with, and I strongly believe this, with there being easily, you know, 10, between 10 and 20 hours of wrestling on TV every, every week. Yeah. I think it's kind of unfair to ask me to want to tune into a YouTube video of it yeah, also. It's you more know what I mean? Like, give it to me during the show. That's what skits. Or wrestlers. Yeah, that's what skits and, and, and backstage interviews and all that kind of stuff is for. Give me a good package. Give me an awesome promo package on PCO and yeah. show me that. Instead of saying, go to our YouTube. And I get it. They do it for clicks. They do it because yeah. they get money. I, I get it. It's a marketing well, thing. Well, AEW doesn't even direct thing. you to me watch Being the Elite. They do don't it. even talk about it. You know what I mean? It, that's the downside for AEW. And they could. Right. They could but show the, a quick three-minute montage of the show, like the important parts that play storyline into their wrestling on the show. Right. But they choose not to. I don't know. Right. And whether that's a good or bad thing, I don't know either. But, yeah, I'm just... You know, when you work, you know, let's say somebody works 40 hours a week, and I haven't worked 40, you know, that little in, in years. And let's say you don't have kids and you don't have housework to take care of. And let's say you don't do any volunteering. You still only have so much time. I'm still on episode one of Mandalorian. Oh, shit. Because it's like, how am I going to how am I gonna fit in another 45 minutes today to catch up, the, you know, to catch the second episode? I don't know. Well, I know. mean, 15 I'm minutes of the show is credits. <laughs> I'm still on season two of our episode two of the new season of Rick and Morty. Cause how am I going to come up with 20 minutes to sit down and watch Rick and Morty? Like I got, oh. there's shit to do. How do I can't you, believe how do you I'm, do I'm keeping up with Rick and Morty and you're not. And you kept up with South park when I quit on South park. Although I, I did go back no, and watch I'm that episode. I did go back and watch that episode. The that shit you and episode? Son- yeah. I liked it. Oh, it's just, it's nothing. You got to get into it. And, you got to get and, into it a little bit, but it was funny. And misogynistic. It's basically saying women are worthless and they're just emotional bitches and and catty bitches. And it's really probably their worst episode to up there to the worst episode to date. I haven't watched it, but I watched the beginning of it and I've yeah. Read you said it you didn't even to, make it five minutes in. No, and I think no. If you once Sheila if you ran made out, it. With her, no, I wouldn't because I've listened to people who have talked about it. I've listened to the reviews. I've watched reviews of it. I've read reviews of it. It is all just talking about how catty women are. It's the there's a small little thing about how weird fecal transplants are, and they are weird and they are a real thing, and that's fine. But don't turn it into a shit and fart show, and then just talk about how women are worthless and all they do is is bitch and fight and they can't do anything for themselves. That's who wants to watch that. I didn't that's take what it that was about. That episode. But that's what it was and about. I watched whether it, you took so it from it, I don't know. I mean, I'm telling you what it was about. <laughs> but that's not what this is about. This is about no. PCO defeating Roosh to become your Ring of Honor world champion. And to give Fat Mac the win in one that was a nail-biter for me because in my head I thought I had lost when I was watching it. But then <laughs> when I went through and tallied it up, I was like, oh, my God, I won by one. You know, and I, I wanted to pick PCO, too, just on the fact that I figured Skrull would lose and be out. And I don't think PCO is leaving Ring of Honor ever. No. 
I think no. this is where his career ends. He's retiring here. Yeah. Which is totally fine. But, Pacey, that brings us to uh, the tiebreaker. I would have beat you still on the tiebreaker because Teddy Hart was a no-show, and I thought he was going to be. You picked yes, that was going to be my pick. I was surprised we didn't see Teddy Hart. Not so much because I thought Ring of Honor would have shoehorned it in, but because Teddy Hart loves to be super controversial and would love nothing more than to show up at his wife's match just not even for his wife, for himself. He, he should he should be at ringside with his hands over his mouth and nose. <laughs> right? That's that's never going to go. That's going to be one that sticks around for a few that's months. That's Maria Maddox's boyfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been good. He's not a dentist. <laughs> he probably could use one, though. Uh, but he loves cats. <laughs> I almost did. I I didn't use the cat picture. I almost used his cat picture for, for the promo pick for this week's show. Him and Natty could be a good tag team together just because they both love cats so much. They I don't know if it's a heart cat thing ears. or what. <laughs> cats yeah, something with the the heart oh, family. Shit, maybe he goes to WWE, huh? <laughs> I don't think he will. He's burned bridges in WWE, but we all know WWE is a never say never organization. Right. Right. And they, I could see them signing him to like a two-year deal. Yeah, I well, I could see him do a five-year deal and still not like use him right. You know, like sign him <laughs> in for the long term and then be like, oh, you shat on us. Here you go. Have fun yeah. sitting at home. Have you fun can't, sitting at <laughs> home and collecting a big check, buddy. Yeah. Screw you. We're, we're going to release 20 more people, <laughs> but you just got here, so you're stuck for a while. Yeah, uh, he could easily show. It's going to be interesting to see where he shows up. I don't think it would be WWE because, as I said, he's he's burnt bridges there, and they invested a lot into that guy. But he was also a lot younger then, and and the excuse was always he was so he had so much promise. He's such a talented guy, but his his inexperience and his youth and his uh, you know that all is what shot him in the foot. And now you look at him twenty years later, and he's pulling the same shit. Yeah, it's it's a well, sad just like story. Austin Aries will never change. I did watch his interview yeah. with Chris Van Vliet too, and oh my god, he was not a likable guy. <laughs> no, he's not, and it's he sad has some good so stories, talented. but that's like the end of it. Like hearing about how he was the the sexual harassment suit that was going on in Impact before he left, and that why he left the way he left. I don't know. It, it was cool yeah. hearing him talk about it, but it's like oh my god, I guess you. Yeah, you fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't like that he was able to come out looking like you know the smug, better man when he was walking out. Yeah, when he no sold and walked out and flipped off the cameras. They should have. I don't know. I think. I think they should have came down on him harder than that. But he's a master negotiator, I guess. So. Ah. Uh. But so I think with that, go. yes, I think with that, it is time. To get into the extremely large Savage Sentinel of the Week. Folks, the Savage Sentinel is so large we had to break it up into two parts and insert a prediction into the middle of it. It's so large, we named the show after a small segment of this large (laughs) segment. And you know what? You know what I, I was laughing at? I was looking at last week's show and we had a ton of coming and goings in that one. And this one's even bigger than that. It's that end of the year thing, I guess. Usually they wait till spring for spring cleaning, but as we'll see, people are getting Christmas gifts. Ah, but we're not there yet. We got some big news to crack into. We do. 
Go ahead. All right. Last June, we revealed the news. Former three-time AWA World Heavyweight Champion Reggie DeCrusher Lizowski received a life-saving bronze or life-size life bronze statue. <laughs> it saved his life, even though he was already dead. He P- they PCO'd his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's really a battery. <laughs> the life-size bronze statue at the first annual Crusher Fest in South Milwaukee. Known as the wrestler that made Milwaukee famous, Crusher worked in the wrestling business for around 40 years, retiring in 1988, the year your boy Pasty popped out the womb. Pop him. He died at the age of 79 of a brain tumor in October of 2005. About two months after, we also broke sad news that the family noticed it had been damaged after two individuals caused $1,200 worth of damage using a concrete block. Luckily, a surveillance camera was able to lead police to one of the men. 18-year-old James C. Dudgeon was convicted of criminal damage. Dudgeon admitted to the crime, claiming he didn't think it was a big deal and thought the statue was cool. Then why'd you throw a cinder block <laughs> at it, dickhead? Because he's not cool, and he was very jealous. That's true. Dudgeon had, I mean, with a last name like Dudgeon, what do you expect, right? <laughs> Dudgeon the bludgeoner. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dudgeon had been incarcerated set September 12th due to this being a violation of a previous probation for a previous offense. Yeah, that should have been a good deterrent from doing it as well, I think. It's because he stole the head off of the statue of Jebediah Springfield. (laughs) (laughs) That rapscallion. Dudgeon! (laughs) Don't have a cow, man. He will pay for the damages along with $650 in restitution to DeCrusher Foundation. Receive one-year probation. Compete Doesn't for- stop him. <laughs> <laughs> Complete 40 hours of community service. They should have him scrubbing the statue with a fucking toothbrush. They should. And maintain full-time employment, full-time school, or a mix of both. I think it should just be forced both plus all that shit. He should have full-time school, full-time employment, and cleaning up the Crusher statue. And a part-time job on top of that. I think he should. The second suspect, Douglas E. Macklin. Because that sounds like a great fellow, too. (laughs) Dudgeon and Macklin. Two jobbers coming in. (laughs) These guys have good wrestling names. (laughs) For jobbers, they do. Dudgeon the Bludgeoner and Dougie Macklin. They're losing to fucking the uh, Usos, you know that. Yeah, yeah they are. Welcome to the Uso Penitentiary. <laughs> Still better names than the Viking experience. Very true. Uh, he has Still better award- names than Jeff Cobb and Dan Daff. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Well, Doug E. Macklin has an arrest warrant out for causing damage to the property. He was identified by Dudgeon the Bludgeoner. Mitch. $40,000 was raised through crowdfunding and donations to help build the statue. DeCrusher was inducted into the WCW Hall of Fame in 1994 and the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2005 and will almost assuredly be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame sometime in the future. Maybe this year. Maybe not. Well, we're talking about him. 
that's true. Uh, yeah, just it's a, another sad thing of people just disrespecting things just to do it. The fact that he's like, I didn't think it was a big deal, and I thought the statue was cool. I just wanted to throw a cinder block. And let me preface that by saying, not preface, obviously, because I already said it, but let me follow that by saying. I'm sure there's did, plenty of overpasses in that town. I did the exact same shit, though, back as a kid. I did stupid things for stupid reasons that had nothing to do with anything and caused a lot of damage. So Mm. I get it, but as I look back as an old 25-year-old man, I think it's stupid as shit. Yeah. I gotta say, I wasn't out vandalizing shit at 18. I think by then I knew better. Yeah, by 18, that's true. By 18, I wasn't. That was more of like a a 13 to 16 thing. Yep, yep. Same here. And I paid Uh, for it every time. (laughs) And somebody who else has paid for a bad decision, but wasn't a bad decision of his own, was David And another future WWE Hall of Famer at that. Oh, hands down. And if he isn't, (laughs) it's disgusting. He should be in both both the wrestling ring and in the celebrity wing. <laughs> but good old David Arquette's return to professional wrestling is officially the subject of an upcoming documentary pasty called You Cannot Kill David Arquette, which Trust is being me, produced he's tried by in XBR. the last year. Oh, he has and many other wrestlers <laughs> have. I tell you what. In a statement to The Rap, the former WCW champion had the following to say, quote, I've always loved wrestling. I wanted to do this film as a love letter to wrestling. I didn't know when I started this journey that it may cost me my life, but it was all worth it just to have the wrestlers in the locker room call me, quote, one of the boys. Which was the same thing he said when Ready to Rumble came out. And the same thing he said (laughs) when he got the job of Dewey in um, Scream. I got to say, he's a more entertaining wrestler than he is an actor. Sorry. That, That is true. That is true. He's probably a more entertaining human than an actor. Yeah, I watched Eight-Legged Freaks a while back, and I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, I forgot. No wonder he didn't do very good in WCW. (laughs) XTR calls the documentary unlike anything you've seen before and touted that they're giving David a chance to tell his side of his pro wrestling journey. Do you think David Arquette was supposed to be the main character in Idiocracy? Are you going somewhere with this? or I just, when we were just talking instead of about Luke, it, that came into my head. Yeah, instead of Luke, Luke Owens. I think I think David Arquette, I think now now it makes sense in my head that he was probably the guy they wrote the script for. <laughs> but. I, I guess know. I don't know. I, he, he, I, I don't he can't know. play a smart guy. That's That's all I'm saying. But can Luke Owens? Have you ever seen him play a smart guy? <laughs> he always plays the idiot, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for that matter, so does Owen, but Owen's usually a more successful idiot in his movies. <laughs> as he is a more successful actor in his movies. <laughs> He's the Billy of the Owens. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. I think I think it's about time Arquette. Like, uh, this is this is good. I can't wait to see this. wrestling. And himself in wrestling. It's, oh, shut it's been up. a good resurgence. It's been a good resurgence. This <laughs> First of all, David Arquette did not kill WCW, and he did get no. a lot of eyes on it, and he adamantly did not want to be champion. Two, and I've said this on here many times before, 
all of the money he got from WCW, every cent that he was ever paid from WCW, he donated to Owen Hart's family. So this is a guy who has been a lifelong wrestling fan who, when got the chance to be in a wrestling angle like any of us, said, fuck donated yeah. Donated to Owen's family. He just bought a bunch of painkillers off of him. Come on. <laughs> That's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> Not if you're Um, receiving goods and services. (laughs) (laughs) And he has come back to actually learn and train how to wrestle wrestle and has been in some good matches and crazy hardcore Crazy matches. This is a guy this is a guy who's gotten shit on for loving wrestling. And Uh can't we all understand that feeling? I love that he came back to wrestling and, and, and decided he was going to experience every facet of the wrestling world like that. That's a great show of respect. I just wish it would have came a little bit sooner, but after the WCW stuff and the back, I think that's what he always wanted to do for a while. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's honestly my feelings that he really wanted to do all of this, but that one mistake that, um, that Vince Russo did not him really kind of, any other person probably would have, he would have never had anything to do with wrestling the rest of his life. Yeah. Anyone else who wasn't that big of a wrestling fan. Yep. It would have yeah. been, a, it would have probably would have yeah. been enough to make me run to the cave and never be seen again. But yeah, no, uh, big props to our cat. And I'm looking forward to seeing this a lot. True. So r- Monday's raw abruptly ended apparently due to a timing issue. The episode went off the air as soon as 11 p.m. Eastern time hit. The match was interrupted with a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial right after Randy Orton rolled out of the ring after distracting Styles. The show credits came up before the finish of the match, and the announcers were still speaking when the show cut off. WWE apparently went short on time when a Styles Clash was botched out of the corner, and they redid the Styles Clash on the mat. Ah... Man, Sloppy it's, for it's, something it's, as as anal as WWE. Yeah, they go over for any reason, but they're not willing to go over for Randy Orton and AJ Styles. I, I think WWE might... can WWE cannot go over on USA. They are not allowed to. They, they have do, to end though. that. I, no, I, they don't. No, they, they have like, not well, since they've since they, they, they signed their new contract. Okay. They have not. Well, that is dumb. Yeah, since they signed the new... Well, USA doesn't feel that they're um, bringing them enough to interrupt other programming. They feel people tune into the other programming, want to watch it at 11, and they're not willing to lose that for WWE's money. Man, how how much the world has changed since we were young. (laughs) You think? It's just bizarre. Uh. We used to have wrestling matches that be... Or wrestling shows began... At six six fifty three, and they didn't end until eleven oh five. Yeah, or eleven eleven. <laughs> they started early, they ended early. But that was back when wrestling was profitable for TV shows. They're not earned stations. They're not anymore. TV stations aren't making money off of wrestling. It's just Sad, so so funny that because the wrestling's TV stations making money off of make... TV stations. <laughs> right, right. There's so many promotions, and so little TV stations are willing to give them shots and spaces and and what they need to succeed. It's that's another bizarre thing. Like I, I don't know. So, somehow wrestling has to become relevant in in pop culture. The only the only reason 
Well, the reason that wrestling is coveted right now by TV stations isn't because it brings them in money. It's because it gives them live views that they can guarantee sales to their um, – um, um, I just lost the name of um, what we have. Sponsors. Yes. How <laughs> oh, I forgot Partners. sponsors. Uh, that's that's the reason why is that they they yeah and you know pasty we have a great sponsor and a great partner a brand new one that just started this week you may have yes, heard of them indeed. at the top of the show manscape you know who that is dot com and if you go to manscape dot com and you order some of their personal grooming kits and use our promo code beefsticks that's b e e f S-T-I-C-K-S. You can receive 20% off your order. And support the show while you do it. And give your partner a Christmas And also present. get free shipping. Yes, it's wonderful. Uh, I love Manscaped. It is great. They definitely have... I, I love them too. I use them all the time. They have the engineered tools for your family jewels... And Pasty, we went over the Lawnmower 2.0, and we went over the Crop Preserver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant. But you know, they also have a Crop Reviver, which I really yes. enjoy. That's a soothing, hydrating toner. This is a spray-on toner, and it is designed especially for highly sensitive and high-friction areas of the body. It features soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts for anti-inflammatory, anti-burn protections. Now, you can use this in multiple parts of your body, but Pacey, you're a big feller. I'm a big feller. Not only do you want this on your balls to keep it um, dry and soothing, but, man, spray a little extra a little lower on your thighs because big dudes like us that are moving around chafe so much. This yes, is amazing. I have not chafed once when I have been wearing this, no matter how much I run around. Oh, I'll tell you something. I, uh, I have been using a all-natural, scent-free deodorant because the rumor mill has it that the, the aluminum that is in most deodorants cause, can contribute to Alzheimer's. And I want to avoid that because I already have a hard enough time remembering things to begin with. So I use my all-natural deodorant, and before Manscaped, it wouldn't last. You know, you'd get eight hours into the day and you'd be stinky. Like, what What good does this do? Well, now I spray a little yep. bit of that liquid gold on after I apply my all-natural deodorant, and I'm smelling fresh as a daisy for the next eight hours guaranteed, and usually into the next day. It's wonderful. And it's the same scent as the crop-preserving deodorant. Yeah, because, you know, pasty, which is so good. Mm-hmm. So good. And, you know, it used to be everything was so expensive. It used to be it used to be that sore, dry thighs were for poor guys' thighs. But that's not true anymore if you go to manscaped.com and use our promo code BEEFSTICKS, B-E-E-F-S-T-I-C-K-S, no space, to get your 20% off and free shipping. It's so cheap. It's so great. It's so amazing. And it is the best Christmas present you can get for your significant other, whether you're male or female. It's a great stocking stuffer. Get it for your man as a polite way to say, hey, please use this. Or 
Get it for your woman. Uh, not because you're giving it to her, but use it so that you can thank her and let her appreciate you more. And I can guarantee that. Wait, 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 Fat Listen, Mac. I, I got to make it very clear right here. The, less the ladies can use there, this product too. The less too, sweat if they so and choose. the better you smell. They most definitely can. They most definitely can. But I do know for a fact that your, uh, your chances of getting a little action down in the crotchal area double, triple, 100-fold increase when you are trimmed, clean, dry, and smell good. Yes. So you're doing Nobody it for Nobody likes pubic for hair her. between the teeth. It's a win-win situation. That is manscaped.com. Yes. Ugh. No. <laughs> Yes, these guys are fantastic. And not only that, but down to the that, details, you know, man. The travel case that comes with the goods. This is, I think it's my favorite oh. thing. It's the best bathroom goods travel case I've ever had in my life. Real leather. Smells amazing. Feels good in your hands. The right Quality thickness. Quality made. Strong. I'd put a strap on it and wear it as a fucking it purse. It is so nice. In a heartbeat. It is. It's, it looks good. It shouldn't be pent up in your bathroom. It looks nice. Definitely shouldn't. Basically, Manscaped.com is definitely the MVP of your private jewels. And uh, there's another MVP coming up, according to the Tokyo Sports Selection Committee, because Pasty, they have announced IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada is the Tokyo Sports MVP for 2019. Yes, this is his fourth MVP win, as he also won in 2012, 2013, and 2015. Of course, 2014 went to his longtime rival, um, Tanahashi. His IWGP Heavyweight Championship defense against Sonata was also chosen as the best bout, which is their version of match of the year. So, congratulations, Okada. Of course, that's Fat Mac's favorite current wrestler, if anybody didn't know that. But, Pacey, I'm going to break down the rest of the 2019 Tokyo Sports Awards just to let folks Let's know. Best it. tag team was Suwama and Suji Ishikawa. Yes. Outstanding performance, Kento Miyahara. Fighting Spirit Award went to Kaido Kiyawama. Technique went to Kota Ibushi. I was I, that's awesome. And another one I was super glad to see was Rookie of the Year went to Strong Machine J. If you haven't watched any Strong Machine J matches, you're missing out. Go and YouTube it. It's awesome. And Woman of the Year went to Mayu Iwatani, who has been definitely making a name for herself, going all over not only Japan but into the states, into Mexico. She's she is making herself a a true traveling wrestler. Yes, this is a it's a very solid uh, lineup. I, I'm very glad to see some of these awards being handed out. There's plenty of names on here I am not familiar with, but I know I will become more familiar with over the years to come. Uh, really, really looking forward. I got to check out some of these Strong Machine J matches. I know you I like to. to. I, I smoke a Strong J like a machine, so <laughs> we got a lot of common. Yes, you do. <laughs> It's good stuff, and, and definitely congratulations to Okada, who, by the way, I think definitely has earned it. He is, I have read that he is the most, most recognized athlete in Japan. Yeah. 
or at least most recognized Japanese athlete. I, I'll say that. I was going to say, know. yeah, it should be like everywhere. I think, I think he should be the, yeah. I mean, unless you're pulling WWE casuals and they'd say Shinsuke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's wonderful. And now we're going to get into some things that aren't quite as wonderful as that. As we break into this week's injury report. Oh, and we start out with a horrible one, Pacey. You take this one. I don't even want to talk about it. I can be the bear of bad news, as that is my albatross. Too bear. That's that's the point there. <laughs> Piper Niven revealed on Twitter that she's recently suffered a bout of Bell's palsy. Man, that's that's a way to put it. <laughs> Who's got two thumbs, a funny face, and has Bell's palsy? She posted. And then she received a bunch of backlash. People thought she was making fun of Jim Ross. <laughs> that funny face, fuck. <laughs> Bell's palsy, of course, is a condition commonly known for weakening facial muscles. Uh, I thought it was more of a paralysis. It well, appear... paralysis is weakening of the muscles, isn't it? I guess. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> I just, weakening, it just makes it sound gradual, and I don't think it's that gradual. Well, like like JR, his side of his face, or even Piper Niven, the side of their face, it's not that it can't move at all, it's that it doesn't move much, and not near as uh, smoothly, or even as easy as the rest of their face. It's not yeah. like it's like frozen one, in one, you know, it's not like if you make that face, it's going to stay that way the rest of your life sort of deal. Like I know Jim Ross it. had fears that he would never announce again after it happened, but he worked his way through it and he had to teach himself to talk, basically. By God! <laughs> you know it's what's the... weird? Is that I, he was such a great announcer back in NWA, WCW, and he was. He was fantastic. But whenever I go back and watch those matches, he, he sounds wrong without the Bell's palsy. <laughs> Right, it's the bells that made him iconic, really. <laughs> you know, he went from being a guy that talked like this and told you exactly what it was to a guy that had that kind of draw right there that you yeah. knew it was him. It wasn't this guy right here, it was this guy. When I was a young man, I didn't know what Bell's palsy was. It made him a character akin to, like, Paul Bearer in my mind. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I don't know. That's that's just the way I am. But, yes, uh, it can appear, Bell's palsy, as we were talking, it can appear on one side of the face, making it appear that your face is drooping. The exact cause is unknown. But, of course, the, the most notable person who's suffered from, at least for wrestling fans, is good old Jim Ross. I, I didn't know he had that! <laughs> Holy shit! No, he's just really good at ventriloquism. <laughs> if he sits sideways wouldn't that be awesome if somebody with <laughs> became a ventriloquist can he do that can jim can we have jim ross do like a ventriloquist show where he sits facing sideways so you only see that side of his face i really think he should i think that'd he should good. that'd be good somebody should animate that at the very least i was listening to actually the uh episode of grilling jim ross that we got the uh dunkin donuts dinkin dots <laughs> He was talking about... Um, is Forrest Whitaker I, Bell's palsy, too? Sorry, I have to ask. No, Forrest Whitaker... Uh, I don't think so, but I don't know what he has. So I, that's a good question. You should look it up while I while I regale you with this tale. All right. Um, the same episode of Grilling JR that had the uh, Dunkin' Donuts Dinkin' Dots on it, which I actually 
which may end up being one of our this might be a spoiler because I saved it as one of our Jim Ross ramblings because I got a whole bunch folks he's, he's the gift that keeps on giving but at one point he's sitting there talking about how people say he's he's a cranky bitchy old hideous man <laughs> um, Conrad's like whoa hold on hold on Jim I don't think anybody thinks you're hideous I mean, you're a cranky old bastard, but nobody says you're hideous. <laughs> I just liked that. Because he is a cranky old bastard. That's how we got our token JRR. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. We love him as that cranky old bastard. He's, he is the epitome of pro wrestling's old man yells at cloud. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I mean, he's not the only one. And he's probably towards the, the, the lesser end if you compare him to like Cornette and Pritchard. Yeah, well, oh, for sure. And you also got... Dude, they um, should make grumpy old men with those three guys. <laughs> that, that would be good. And and, and, and JR can be a, a ventriloquist in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, Forrest Whitaker has left eye ptosis. Okay, so he got hit with a potato as a young kid in the eye. Yes. Awesome. Pa- potatosis. Well, you know what? If that would have happened while pro or while uh, Beef Sticks podcast was a thing, it would have been in our injury report. <laughs> but it didn't, and it wasn't. But somebody who did get an injury while we are on the air is Dakota Kai, which, according to PW Insider, reported she needed eight staples in her head to close the wound after taking a big table bump from Mia Yim on NXT. Yeah, Pasty, Mia, you get that bitch back. <laughs> I didn't see this, but I so want to see this. I'm going to have to watch this. I am definitely going to do it. Word is that Kai will be working this weekend at NXT live events as of this recording and while we're recording. So she's not slowing down for that. But while eight staples in her head, the women's division has definitely changed from the uh, bra and panties matches and the mud wrestling Dakota to Kai what it is now. Rhodes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna watch I don't know. that one. I guess I guess as long as there's no hard feelings, this looks really good for Mia Yim. Who who needs that boost after being removed from the uh, uh, War Games team? Well, and she just uh, she hasn't really been used on NXT, which is sad because I love her. She's my Blazian, and she is just so fantastic. Yeah, I didn't even know about her, and then I watched the uh, NXT Combine on on WWE Network. NXT what? Combine. Yeah, it was. It's like a, a big work... thing that 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 picks corn. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a workout competition. They have the men's combine and the women's combine. And they figure out who's the most physically apt, and she is oh. the one who's keeping up most with um oh. with uh, uh, uh the champion. Shayna Baszler. Yes, Shayna Baszler. She actually oh, gave wow. Shayna Baszler a huge run for her money, and then after that, it's um um your hair friend with the whipping hair. <laughs> the ESD of NXT. Yes. Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair. <laughs> yes. I, I don't I know what happened. That with a I like had that. brain Come palsy on. for a second. Just, it just the left side of your brain just became weak muscled. I'll be damned. Well, I am left-handed, so the right side works a little bit harder. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. and you know, Mia Yim, I, she is such a talented wrestler, and she's been wrestling for a, a decade now. She started, I want to say, back in 2008, 2009, right around there. 
She was uh, quick to get into. Um, she, I think she went to. I think she was trained in Ring of Honor's camp. Um, I, I want to say that she was there with uh, uh, Daisy Hayes trained her. I could be wrong about that, but she's worked. I know CZW and Ring of Honor, Shimmer. She was a uh, multi-time champion in Shimmer, Shine, All Japan Pro, TNA. She was in the Dollhouse in TNA, which was a short-lived and super awesome um, female uh, 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 group that was Jade and uh, Marty Bell and um, it was Jade, Marty Bell. I think one more ended up joining, but I can't remember who it was. Jade and Marty Bell for sure were. And, of course, Marty Bell is going on to do great things. And, uh, you know, we just talked about her and or we're going to be talking about her, sorry. Um, and Mia Yim is just so fantastic, super underrated. I thought she was just going to, the sky was the limit when she went to NXT, and she's really floundered, which is a testament to how many great women Bell there are. And Rebel. Oh, yes, yes, Rebel. Rebel and was Awesome Kong became their leader in January 2016. Okay, I don't remember Awesome Kong being a part of it. But yeah, Mia Yim was Jade in Impact, so that's where you get the, the Jade. Yeah. Oh, I remember um, her now with the blue hair. Okay, yeah, yeah. She, yes. Her name was Jade, and she had blue hair. What okay, the fuck? well, she looks different now. She She's definitely more badass. Yeah, but of course, Marty Bell was awesome. Uh, Rebel never never ended up doing a lot. I think she, isn't she the one that started with the um, Crazy Steve and Abyss and uh, that, that group there, the um, Menagerie? I think that was her. I think she was in the Menagerie. Okay. Anyways, long story short, we went off on her for a lot that had nothing to do with her other than she caused the injury. <laughs> we took a two-sentence injury report and made it a whole fucking... We did. <laughs> hey, background on me and him deserves that spotlight, and <laughs> maybe, maybe our fans learn something new. When are we going to talk about her again? We don't know from NXT. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who's watched the NXT Combine, so at least you learned that, too. <laughs> there you go. I might check that out if it's, any, it's, it's it long. It's good because oh, it, everything, like everything, well, I mean, it's, it, you, you don't have to, it's like, it's like the X Games, you know? So everything's going on at once, and it's continuous, so they don't even really get a break in between other than the time they stand in line for the next thing. Okay. <laughs> and I, I thought it was good. It was entertaining. I watched it, and then Kirsten Is it on the network? through, and she watched it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know how I stumbled across it at all, but it was I mean, like I'd never heard of it. Probably six months ago when I watched it. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Neat. You learn something new every day, man. Yep. There's a men's half too, but why would you want to watch that? Well, we just don't care. <laughs> Braun Strowman is dealing with a minor injury that forced him to miss a recent WWE show. Strowman was slated to headline the WWE House Show on Saturday night in Jacksonville, Florida. Ooh, the home of AEW. Where he was supposed to challenge Bray Wyatt for the WWE Universal title in a steel cage match, but was forced to miss it due to injury. It was noted how word is going around that Strowman is suffering from back spasms, but the official word is a sore hip and that he's expected to be back in action in a few days where they can use him improperly some more. Ask for your release. It may be granted. You know, at his size, um, back spasm, <laughs> sore hip, I mean, that kind of uh, comes with the territory. He's, he's going to get worse career. before he gets better. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
it's um it's, they should have pushed him when they had the chance because now they'll never get to you know he, he's never gonna he's never gonna have the success he could have had if He'll they disappear for him. three years and they get a fucking netflix series that nobody ever watches yeah they should have caned him, and I don't mean hitting him with a stick. I mean the way that Kane came in at such a young age, and they yeah. just pushed him to the moon, and they attached him to the biggest star they had at the time, the Undertaker. They they could have done. They started to do that. Him and him and Roman, you know. I think I think Roman killed that, or the fans did. But I mean, I will say they they tried to do it. I just don't know that they did it right. I, I would. Or maybe we did it wrong. Either. Yeah. They haven't used it in a while, but that doesn't mean they won't. Yeah, that's true. And and pasty, um, you got the button ready, pasty. Of course I do. <laughs> Meltzer reported on F4W Online another injury that also resulted in Meltzer. The change of card. WWE had to scrap a match from Raw this week after Seth Rollins suffered upwoken. During a street fight match with Eric Rowan on Sunday night in Augusta, Georgia. That sounds like the pussiest shit in the world. I Don't get me wrong. It's legit. At least <laughs> he was still able to turn around in that swivel chair in the back of the fight. van to, to determine that he's with the AOP oh, now. Um, yeah, right. Uh, Rollins was pulled from his scheduled match against Cedric Alexander. Meltzer did note, though, since being evaluated, Rollins has been cleared to perform with the injury going forward. No shit. These are pro wrestlers. They can handle a broken pinky. Not that I wish that on anybody, but it's a fucking broken pinky. I'll go to work with a broken pinky, and I don't get paid millions of dollars. Remember when Rollins broke John Cena's nose with a knee? (laughs) I do remember that. That was a good time. And now he's got a pinky and he missed a match. Yeah. Oh, my boo-boo. Pasty, oh, my God, we got so much to talk about in the Savage Sentinel. Yes, we do. But right in the middle of that, we got the NWA into the fire predictions. Their first pay-per-view event under this Which- new banner. Which, by the way, is going on as we are recording this, but... Hey, we counter-program every week, motherfuckers. You damn route. (laughs) You damn route? You damn route! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we are being honest. I don't think either one of us are looking at predictions. And we made our predictions earlier in the week. So, um, I am looking forward to seeing this one. This is going to be neat. This is NWA's year-end. I expect it to be very different than NWA Power, but I don't know. That that's kind of yet to be seen. Oh man, I, I didn't I, read like I was going through this really quick earlier when I put in my shit, and I didn't realize it was Eli Drake versus Ken Anderson. But in the light of <laughs> not looking like I'm cheating, <laughs> potentially. I'm going to keep my pick. Well, pasty Eli Drake versus Ken Anderson. (laughs) Who do you pick? Ken Ken Anderson. Mr. Uh, They they really are pushing uh, Ken Anderson also. So this one could easily go either way. Although Eli Drake is kind of. This is kind of an indie wrestling fucking wet dream of mine. Oh, yeah. I just, I haven't, I haven't watched in a while. And I can't imagine the promos these guys must have been working on each other. Well, the great thing is these two guys are both 
solid in-ring workers. They're not going to go out there and have a seven-star match in the Tokyo Dome. They're not. No. Um, Eli Drake a little more than Ken Anderson, but they're both solid. They both put on good matches. They both can work with anybody. But like you said, the promos are just fucking awesome. And Eli Drake is, is quickly becoming the next rock as far as promos go. I mean, there's, Does there's he still so many have people. the dummy yeah button, or did he have to scrap that? No, he's gotten rid of that in recent oh, in recent weeks. But um, I love that. So great. I picked Eli Drake. You're going Mr. Anderson. It, I think it easily could go either way, this one, for sure. Yeah, no, no. Like I said, this is, a, this is a huge wet dream of mine. Like, this is something I've always wanted, and I actually think I knew I wanted it. Like, the first time I saw Eli Drake at Impact cutting a promo, I'm like, oh, my God. These guys, to me, like, they might not be the best wrestlers in the world, but these guys are made out of solid gold. And if this, oh, is, yeah. if this is your leadoff match and not your main event, this card is going to be amazing. It really should. And um, they're going to follow that with what might be the worst match of the night, but for no other reason than they're just not the best workers. But they're too old. They're really they're too old school kind of cats that are just going to give you a, a slobber knocker, damn it. They're going to bust out the Dunkin' Donuts and the Dinkin' Docks on this one. <laughs> um, we got the question mark versus Trevor Murdoch. Now, I had originally, from watching Power, thought that they had... I think they did mention at one point this was going to be if Murdoch won, question mark, had to unmask. But lately, and I haven't found anything online that backed that up, so I either made that up or that's something they started and then did away with. Because as far as I know, that is not the stipulation in this match. It is just question mark versus Trevor Murdoch, um, a slobber knocker of a match, what do you got, Pasty? Uh, I don't know who he is, but I got to go with the question mark. That's the I thing. I like Nobody the name. Who he is. I really like it. Uh, Nobody knows who he is? I do have to do a little segue here because his name reminds me of a name that the New Day would have rather had on the list for themselves, but if they came up with it themselves. I don't know. I've been listening to the New Day podcast, and it's Oh, good there was a they... huge list of names that... Yes. that... There but I like, love that they want Xavier Woods wanted to call names. themselves African American males. Like <laughs> that would have been funny as hell. <laughs> I would have loved that. What does it have to do with the question mark? I don't know because Mark. I don't know. They're, I don't know. <laughs> it's just calling African calling American out males. calling out what something is. And Marks are wrestling fans uh, and yeah. wrestling. You know, I don't know. Yeah, there there was a lot of great names. Remember the brains palsy? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I just really wanted funny. to work the the New Day podcast thing because I'm <laughs> on to episode two now, and I I, I think I'm going to listen to this one solid because they talk how it is, even though the producers are over there kind of eyeballing them, or so they say. I think it's so far. I think it's better than the Edge and Christian one Fuck by yeah. far. Uh-huh. But we'll see what happens in the long term. As long as as long the thing as is, the is you would expect Edge and Christian like to be said. far enough removed from the company not to suck the company's dick, but they, but they still do. did. Whereas, yeah, this is better. This is this yeah. is good, and I'm hoping I'm hoping WWE don't put the can on them anytime soon. They're good. Good listen. Go listen so, to our um, competition. <laughs> for real, do it. I mean, there's there's room for everybody. Pacey, uh, I'm kind of in the boat with you on this one from your last pick. Not that I didn't know who was in it, but like I said, I had originally thought it was for the mask of question mark, and I thought he was going to be unmasked here. I'm still I'm still holding out hope that he's unmasked here. I don't think he's supposed to remain masked and. 
I, I haven't found anywhere online who this guy is, and I've done some research, and <laughs> that's, it's really that's bothering me. That's the question me. mark, Fat Man. That's the question mark. <laughs> so I, I'm i going with Trevor Murdoch in hopes that he un- It's CM Punk, him. homie. Uh, that is definitely not CM Punk unless he's <laughs> really let himself go. That's Colt Cabana letting himself go. I mean, wow. <laughs> Next you know, somewhere place. in the back of my mind, I figured he had to be a big boy. I've never seen him. I don't know anything about him. He's but. a big boy. He's the one that had that really <laughs> shitty empty arena match. Uh, so. Well, if you're going to have the name Mark and, and have it be Smarky like that, you got to be a fat guy, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> then next we have a Freebird Rules tag match, Pasty. We see Allison Kay and Ashley Vox taking on Melina's team, which could either be Melina and Thunder Rosa or Melina and Marty Bell, or Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell. Any of that combination. We don't know who it's going to be. Um, I'm going with here, I think that they're pushing, obviously Melina came back and they're pushing her as a big name. Pacey, I have never been a fan of Melina's from the WWE days forward. I think she was much more... Much more face and body than any actual. Yeah, substance. yeah. I was gonna say she was she was pretty hot <clears throat> and and another teenage wet dream of mine for a yeah. minute. Yeah, but I think I've mentioned on this podcast many many times how much I love Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell. So I think that's I think that's great having a big name who is a gorgeous face. Not that Marty and Thunder Rosa aren't gorgeous. They are. They they are. They're just beautiful women. But the fact that everybody knows Melina from WWE, yeah. it's good to have her. Her her fame kind of shine down on these two women who are huge in the indie world, but if you're not indie folks, you don't know them. And I think they're going to push that, so I'm going with Melina's team, whichever three they may be. Yeah, I noticed that there's an A double here, though, so I got to go with that. That's <laughs> what I tend to do. And Allison K, they're really pushing also, so yeah, I think that is awesome. And um. Ashley Vox is good, but Allison Kay I can definitely get behind, and she has her uh, she has her issues with Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell, of course. So this should be fun. This should be a good match, a good tag match, a good women's match, whichever way you want to put it. Yep, it's always good seeing the freebird rules being exercised. Then we have the NWA National Championship. Cold Cabana Pacey, we haven't talked about him for a while. No, it's been uh, like take, 45 minutes. He's taking on no. Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks defending his title. Um, Where are you on this one? Oh, man. I think Cabana, when he's, since he's going to NWA full-time, could retain. I think that's like a solid thing. But once again, I picked this before I knew that. And... Uh, I got to go with Damian Sandow, my friend. Aaron Rex. I mean, Steve <laughs> Aaron's. Yeah. Yeah, because who, who's Ricky Starks? <laughs> who is Ricky Starks? Could it be Bob Brady, Mafesto, the 1987 Denver Broncos? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love the that. Pe- that the people who get it will no, get it. That's perfect. 
Yeah, the people who get it will get it. <laughs> the people who don't, <laughs> fuck you. Um, I'm go- <laughs> I'm going with uh, I'm going with you. I'm going Aaron Stevens. They're pushing this guy. This guy, he's to me. This is his last shot with me, because he's always almost there everywhere he is. Yeah. In WWE, he was almost there. In Impact, he was almost there. If he can't make it here, I'm going to say he it's on him. It's not on the company. Right. No, no, and I think there's a reason he came back, you know. If, if you were in wrestling for that long and didn't really get anywhere, I think you'd only come back if there was a solid deal on the table. Yep. Yeah, that's true. I just – I want him to show me that he's worth it because – in WWE, we always said they just didn't use him correctly. You know, they just didn't yeah. use him correctly. But he and pulled in, off everything they did. Like that, That's true. And in Impact. Damian Mizdow was the best thing On ever. TV at that time. Yes. Yeah. At that time, that was time. the best. And in Impact, he was just considered a WWE cast off. And they tried to do what they could with him. But the fans never took to him. And that was probably because of the WWE shade. But now he's got a clean sweep here. He can do everything over again. If he doesn't make it here, I'm sorry, Aaron. It's on you. It's not on the companies. You're just not made to be the guy. Now, I like he could be a mid guy. Maybe he's he's just destined to be a, a great mid carter. And those people exist. The Miz is an awesome mid carter, and I never want to see him in the main event. Well, I know this you want to see another championship, but so yeah, yeah, exactly. So give it to him and celebrate exactly. his middleness. Uh, I'm. That's where I'm going with it. Don't Long worry, Aaron. Long. I'll still support you even if you don't win this one. I just, I love you so much. Get out of here, Ricky Starks. <laughs> well, there's another team that you love, and I'm pretty sure I know what your pick is going to be, and that's the NWA If, if Ricky team. Starks wins this, I'll eat my hat. Okay. Nobody asked you to. You know that, right? <laughs> like nobody was arguing that Ricky Starks is going to win. <laughs> You just want to eat your hat. <laughs> Pasty just bought well, himself a brand new steak hat, and he wants to eat it. <laughs> no, they see they canceled Son of Zorn two weeks after I bought that hat. And... Oh, that hat! That's right. <laughs> like, a... there's really no reason for me to wear it at all anymore. I, I think yeah. I'm the only. Nobody person knows, knows that show. Yeah, you and I know it, and that's it. It's such a great show. But, yeah, it didn't last long. Six episodes was not enough. NWA Tag Team Championship match, Pasty. We got the Rock and Roll Express versus the Wild Cards. Who are the Wild Cards? The Wild Cards are the two big giant. They're they're the um, AOP of NWA. Okay. Is question mark in the Wild Cards? (laughs) Well... That's a question mark right there. <laughs> that could be him without the mask. <laughs> it very well could be. We don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, Rock and Roll who, Express. Who are the Rock and Roll Express? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're two really old dudes who still put on a better tag match than a lot of tag team wrestlers in this world. Yes, Let's say yes. that. Oh, they just did some fun ass shit on AEW not that long ago. That yes, they Destroyer did. Was amazing. <laughs> that assisted Canadian destroyer Heavily was so assisted awesome by four men. I, I know it. I thought that was so awesome. It's like, oh my gosh, that was that was so fun and cute. It's like it's like um, 
It's like when you have your, your grandpa out there and you kind of toss the near football to him and you're like, yeah, grandpa. You know, it's like. You did it. <laughs> oh. um, I'm going wild cards. I think the Rock and Roll Express, I, I hope the Rock and Roll Express was a gimmick win to, to get their name out there and to promote, A, the Rock and Roll Express, who, by the way, still kicking ass. We've seen them in Impact, AEW, and NWA. Wow, they're still kicking ass and they're still awesome. And they're one of they will go down as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Easily top ten, if not top five. I'd but say probably they, top three. But they definitely shouldn't be holding titles for a long time in 2020. That's not to say they shouldn't have them at all. I was happy to see them win I them, mean, and I won't be pissed if they keep them into 2020. But I don't want to see a nine month reign. No, of theirs. no, this should just be a quick turnaround, if anything. Yep. Yeah. So who are you picking? <laughs> I'm picking the wild cards. All right. And uh, I got to go with the Rock and Roll Express because they've been on a hot streak lately. They are hot shit. And that brings us to the main event. I cannot wait oh for this six-match six pay-per-view. Yes. Can I say that? Um, which one is it? Is it the uh, – I think it's the Impact – one of the pay-per-views coming up is supposed to be like a four-hour pay-per-view again, and I'm like, I do not want to see that. I'm if anybody can pull it off, it's Impact, I think. I know, They've but They've got I the just talent don't... roster. I, had, I went 30 minutes earlier on the show talking about how I don't have time to watch wrestling. Just cut me a fucking Hey, LAX, break. the, the, the uh, uh, previous LAX are back on Impact. The OGs, yes, they are. Hernandez yes. and Homicide. Yeah, that's exciting. So we've got a two out of three falls match for the NWA World Championship. This is going to be awesome. We have Nick Aldis, who is the current champion, taking on James Storm, the Cowboy. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. It's it's going to be fun. <laughs> Nick Aldis has had this championship for so long, and I'm not counting the time that Cody Rhodes took it off him for a week. Yeah, those. Yeah, that week doesn't really. It was count good much. for Cody, but it doesn't affect Nick Aldis's record at all. It, it, it is what it is. I would agree. I, that was a marketing thing. That was basically a commercial for NWA. Let's be honest. Yeah, and I mean NWA is they're they're known for long title reigns in the history of NWA and all that. They could keep Nick Aldis going forever, but I think James Storm would be a good champion for this company. He's got that old school appeal not saying nick aldis doesn't but i like the gritty cowboy james storm well they're both kind of nwa type wrestlers they're both they're not flashy by no means they've got good in-ring work they've got uh above average promo not amazing promo but not decent above average and somehow they're like the the best formula for a top guy in this kind of throwback company yeah and james storm i will never get over the pathetic world title reign he had in impact wrestling where he won it was that when storm and rude first split yeah i don't want to i can't i can't remember who he won it from but storm won it from i don't remember who he won it from but then like a week later, Robert Roode beat him by hitting him over the head with a beer bottle, and 
He took I was it. actually and watching I, Impact at that time. I remember that. Yeah. So which I, so for whatever reason, Storm Storm won it. I was super happy. He only had it a week. Robert Roode got it. I was not happy about that because I was a bigger James Storm fan than Robert Roode. Although, as soon as Robert Roode got that title, he proved to me he deserved it. And I've been a huge Bobby Roode, Robert Roode fan ever since, especially when him and Austin Aries got together as uh, the Dirty Heels. Yes. I, I just loved the Dirty Heels. That being said, James Storm deserves a title. I want him to win a title, but I think Nick, Nick Aldis, Aldis is such a sure guy, you know? Yeah, I think he goes into this year as champion, and I think he loses it this year. I don't see him holding it for a whole year, but uh, I think I'm just they could, go, go they could probably go another year, seeing as they're getting new views for NWA as a whole with the launch of the show. They could. So to draw it out longer, would only it would make sense for new fans, but... I'm going Nick Storm, man. Let him run this fucking cowboy organization. I love it. I love it as well. (laughs) And then, Pacey, in case it comes down to it, we almost had one earlier in the show, tiebreaker. Yes. We have a Freebird Rules tag match. I figured that's the easiest tiebreaker (laughs) to bust out. Which two women are going to represent Team Melina? Well, now I, um, there could be three possible. Wait a second, Pacey. There could okay. be three possible choices, and since it's a tiebreaker, it has to be definite. So I'm going with who gets the most. Like if it's, I know who you picked, and I know who I picked. If it's one of yours and another person who isn't mine, mm. whoever gets the most. How's that? Does that make sense? Yes, hundred percent. If it's not both of them, it's whoever has the other one. I guess I, I don't know how to word that correctly, but <laughs> your brain's palsy is slipping over here. Man, I gave you a cold. We're just going to go with it and palsy. assume there won't be a tiebreaker. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with, oh I gosh. think I think Melina's going to take a page out of her old You're WWE like patient book. zero over there. I think Melina's going to take a page out of her old WWE book, and I'm picking team M&M. Mercury, Nitro, Melina. But in this case, Melina and Marty Bell. Yeah, there you go. And I am going to go with the two women I very much respect out of the team and assume Melina is going to be the managerial type. And, of course, as a heel, it would be best for her to have her minions do her work and not come in there. So I'm going Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell. I like your pick. I have to admit because I like yeah. the idea of Molina being the veteran who doesn't even have to enter the match because she scouted this team that's good enough. Just her being at ringside would be good enough for this match. Oh, it adds so much to it. Whereas Molina mm-hmm. and either of the other two with the other one at ringside doesn't really add the same effect. Yep. I do agree, even though I picked differently. Yeah. And I had the choice to pick first. But I, I like the whole page out of the WWE handbook with the M&M. <laughs> <books, so. laughs> and it could just be anything. Yes. Basie, on to the titular um, subject of this show. Yes. The soup du jour, if you will. Comings and goings. 
WWE is giving releases to talent. Sweet release. That's what we've been waiting for all year. To talent who won't be headed to AEW, or in WWE's view, wouldn't help the promotion if they did go. The first name that came Ooh. out was Sin Cara, real name Jorge Arias, who also went under the ring name Huncio in the WWE. We announced here last month that he had requested out of his current deal. We also noted he is in close with Alberto El Patron and could be interested in working with his Nation Lucha Libre company or the Combate Americas MMA promotion where El Patron lost the WWE Replica Championship to Tito Ortiz this past weekend, to which Donald (laughs) Trump tweeted, Congratulations to Tito Ortiz on tonight's huge win. A great American patriot. You know what the worst thing is, Pasty? Is everything you have just said is 100% fucking true. (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) That is so fucked up. It's comedy gold. I had to put this in somewhere because I, I didn't know where to put it. But it's true. It's true. El Patron lost a replica championship to Tito Ortiz, and Donald Trump congratulated him on Twitter and called him a patriot. What the fuck is going on here? He's gonna he's gonna pull some strings with events and get Tito Ortiz inducted in the oh WWE Hall of Fame. Oh my god! What the fuck is going on? I don't know. Trump was Trump's been on a fucking tweet spree since this impeachment thing started to go. Does he through. not know Tito Ortiz is foreign? <laughs> right. <laughs> Does he not realize with the name Tito and Ortiz, does neither <laughs> one of them jump at him? <laughs> oh, my. F- Amer- oh, oh. F- finish finish the story. I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sinkara reportedly had about three years left on his contract. Sinkara called his release a good lucha thing. Oh, of course he would. <laughs> he really said that? No, he didn't. Oh. <laughs> that part is that would have been so beautiful. The made up part, and that's more believable. <laughs> it would have been beautiful. That El Patron defending a replica championship in a legitimate match. <laughs> Why do you? Do, who does that? Why do you do that? No, that would be great if he called his release such good lucha thing, but he didn't. It is a good but, lucha thing, though. It is a good lucha thing. Good for him. He never. He's such an amazing wrestler, and he just he he was never able to get over here. It's I don't, sad. He never did anything for me. Uh, not in WWE, Except but I don't think that he watched a lot. Jumps. Yeah, that w- that was fun. <laughs> but um, Lucha House Party would have been a great tag team if they wouldn't have had the stupid name. Um, you know what I. <laughs> I actually didn't mind the name, which may be horrible, I guess. But I honestly didn't hate the name. It definitely sounds something that, like something that would be on WWE's list. You know? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can't imagine. I want them to do a podcast because I want to hear what their other options would have been. Uh, dude, fucking Wired just needs to sit down with a bunch of WWE superstars to do their list. That needs to be a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? One thing about this guy, which I think is kind of neat, it doesn't get talked about a lot. He used to go by the name Mystico. Yes. 
but there was a mystico who was a a, um, a legend down in Mexico, mystico down in Mexico, and um, and he worked for CMLL. So Mystico could no longer call himself Mystico, so he started uh, calling himself Incognito. Then the the actual Mystico went to WWE and called himself Sin Cara. But then he kept messing up, and they got rid of Sin Cara. Well, they brought in a, a fake Sin Cara. Yeah, that was, was a fun week. Who was the fake Mystico. <laughs> and then he ended up becoming Hunico, but then when... Miss or Sinkara left, he became Sinkara. So the man who started out as Mystico and then had another guy come in and call himself Mystico started out in WWE as Sinkara and then lost the name Sinkara to the guy that tried to take his name Mystico. How come this doesn't get talked about more? It's it's pretty amazing, to be honest. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's really fun. Can you imagine if they would have tried to do that shit with Rey Mysterio? <laughs> <laughs> well, they did chop off the junior, so yeah. he, so he's def so he's actually wrestling under his uncle's name, which is yeah. weird. But I get it. Well, no, I don't get it. I don't know why Vince doesn't like juniors. I don't get that. Vince is a junior, and he refuses to be called junior. Hey, he allowed Shorty G to be a name. So, <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah. Uh, um. Pasty coming off the heels of Sin Cara's exit from WWE, Luke Harper has also been released. Yes! I can't believe w- they don't think he'd be a threat if he went to AEW. WWE combined the news of both WWE superstars in their statement on Twitter saying, quote, WWE has come to terms on the releases of Jonathan Huber, a.k.a. Luke Harper, and Sin Cara. They didn't put his name in there. No, because they, they want to get rid of the entire gimmick. Like, Sinkara right. will never be in <laughs> WWE. Don't gone. worry, guys. He's out of here. WWE wishes them all the best in their future endeavors. What if they, so they, did what if they didn't endeavor. release Huncio, though? Like, what if he's still trapped there under a gimmick? Huni- They're never going to... Yeah, huh? Hunico, sorry. Hunico, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. They just, would be they funny. just wanted to get the fucking gimmick out of there. Sinkara's gone, but the man still, we own him. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the former, or I guess maybe now current Brody Lee had initially requested his release back in April. Of course, we had mentioned on this show, actually just last last week we talked about this. Due to his wrist surgery, WWE was extending Harper's contract out to early 2020, but obviously they decided against having him waited out now. Harper will be a free agent on March 8th, 2020, from what I could find, and is not when his non-compete clause expires. Yes. So something big's happening in March 2020, I can tell you that. Yes, indeed. Actually, I think March is when the, when the fucking revi- uh, um, revolution. revolution pay-per-view is. It'll be interesting. Yeah, yep. Hey, he could be in John Moxley's stable, huh? That would be awesome. I would Fuck love yeah. to see that. Fuck yeah. Brody he, Lee and John Moxley. Does he cut his hair and or beard is the question when he gets free from WWE. I want to say hair, yes, beard, no. That's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long night. Brain's palsy. <laughs> Also announced that same Sunday was the Ascensions, Victor, and Connor have been released 
that they're still around. What? They worked there? <laughs> Holy shit! WWE added their names to the previous tweet, making it Twitter official. The Ascension seemed to find their mark in WWE being sadly used as a comedy d- gimmick in the fashion files, which was truly the highlight of their career. Sadly. Except for, I guess, their run in NXT wasn't bad, but I only caught the tail end of that. Uh, burp, burp, burp. And, and yeah. they hadn't they hadn't even been used in WWE TV since early 2019. Yeah, that's about when they disappeared. I think around April, right? Yes. Yes. It was an Easter mystery. Good to see these guys. <laughs> good to see these guys let go because they have a lot of potential and it just was not gonna WWE fucked them up when they brought them up to the main roster and made them road warrior 2.0 yeah they were they were perfect until they did that and then they didn't know what the fuck to do with them yeah we can't this is stupid and sadly i actually i liked the road warrior 2.0 gimmick but i will admit i'm like one out of three people in the entire world that liked it. So it was, it was bad. It was a bad gimmick. No, I honestly think the Ascension, when they were offered their contract and going through the negotiations and telling them what their gimmick was going to be, I don't think they pushed back against what Vince wanted at all. And I think that's a huge mistake. (laughs) They got, I don't know that they could, you push, you push back, you get fired or you just don't get on TV. You know, yeah, yeah, but like even with the New Day podcast, they they, they yeah. kind of push back to get the right name and the right music and everything. It's all about the negotiation. I think the Ascension, they're just like, this is the offer, and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Glad to be on WWE TV, you know, which I, I don't blame them, but it was a mistake. I'm kind yeah, of but open. even New Day said that. Even New Day said that the names they gave them were just kind of were just kind of afterthought names and they knew that they just wanted them to name themselves. So that's why they gave them these random names that were basically like, you guys just name yourself. Cause we really don't care. <laughs> Honestly, like you know? odds are they go so they to... didn't really push back as much as they actually fell in line. Yeah. Odds are they go to AEW cause they're a tag team, but I hope that they take this time and split apart from each other and go to different places. And I hope try not. to establish themselves. You, you hope they stay the Ascension or something similar. Right. Or go somewhere that they can be used, you know? Yeah. They're not going to be used in AEW. They're going to be used as well as Vince used them. And we don't want that. I don't want that. Uh, I mean, it, it only makes sense because they're a tag team. Like um, I said, I think Bully Ray playing. actually commented, though, Pasty, on Luke Harper and Sin Cara on this week's Busted Open Radio saying, quote, as far as Luke Harper and Sin Cara are concerned, I'm happy that they will be released. Because they just didn't want to be there anymore. And if you don't want to be there anymore, and the company's not doing anything with you, get the hell out of there. But someone who has not been granted his release is Mike Bennett, who had publicly requested out of his contract back in October. Billy Ray also spoke on this and said that I had heard rumors, not internet rumors and not dirt sheet rumors, I've heard talk of some scuttlebutt amongst the boys. I can just imagine Billy Ray saying the word scuttlebutt. <laughs> I heard scuttlebutt amongst the boys. That's a daily that part Mike of and his Maria might have missed the WWE. 
right? Mike and Maria might have misled the WWE when their new contracts were signed. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm saying maybe the WWE didn't want to release them because I want to keep them and get their money's worth out of them. Now, he didn't elaborate on what they might have misled, so I'm thinking, obviously, he's to me it implies that they're that he's speaking of her pregnancy. Well, they've signed two contracts but before I don't, I announcing don't know. pregnancies. That's happened twice, you know. I can see where yep. it would rub rub Vince the wrong way, and he just want to shelf him. Plus, you know, they they haven't let Rusev go. If you're in a cuck angle, that that's gonna last forever. That's just the way it is. Vince loves these cuck gimmicks and I don't I don't know. I don't see it ending anytime soon. You know. No, Rusev Rusev is is being in a cuck angle. Mike's being in a cuck angle. I think Vince is gonna keep them for as long as their contracts will allow. Hello? That's ridiculous. In other WWE hiatus notes, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, Robert Roode and Primo Cologne have been suspended by WWE as a result of violating the company. World Wrestling Console. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. I I guess they just random allegedly they randomly drug test people. So I guess Primo got a random drug test. I don't know if they fly him up to pee in a cup or if they shouldn't send a cup down to him or what they do there. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's well, as we've talked about in the past, marijuana is no longer um, something that they suspend you for. They just fine you. I I'm guessing it's steroids. That's the the easy go to. So I'm guessing it's steroids. Have you seen his body? Oh my gosh. How does he not strike you as a steroid guy? Well, that's true, but it doesn't mean... Just because he doesn't OD on steroids doesn't mean he doesn't take some while he's working out in the gym. Those Jinder Mahal is like a worst-case scenario. He's the poster boy for why you shouldn't do it. <laughs> exactly. You know, he could be using just like human growth hormone or something, you know, when he goes to work out. 
which I guess is now the hot button topic, and I'll just give my opinion here, which I think I've talked about in the past, and I think you have too. I'm not against it. I have no problem with uh, wrestlers using steroids, at least semi-safely, because it doesn't affect the outcome of a match in the least. Well, look at the only time the only time since the 70s that people cared about baseball was when Mark McGuire was juicing, right? And Jose Canseco was juicing. Nobody else gave a shit. Yeah, let them take testosterone if they want. Yeah, I, I'm not against it. I, I think as with everything in life, and that includes video games and fried foods and cigarettes and and even exercise, everything in life you have to do in moderation. So, yes, anything is negative if you do it too much. But I have no problem with it. Wrestling was awesome. Yeah, honestly. I, I mean, that's a that's a proven fact. He failed for steroids. That's a proven fact. So um, that's a hot-button issue. We don't need to get into it now. But that was just my opinion on it. And, yeah, you feel the same way I do. So, Pacey, WWE isn't the only one making moves right now. <laughs> That had very little to do with steroids and so much to do with just banging his head every fucking day. Or also just being a fucking worthless shithead. Had to have a little bit to do with it, let's be honest. Um, not a lot. AEW has announced two new additions to their women's division. First is Big Swole, who made her AEW debut at All Out back in August, pasty. She competed in the Casino Battle Royal during the show and has made several AEW Dark appearances since the show began, although has not been featured on Dynamite. With her not being signed, that makes sense. She is signed now, and Big Swole has also made appearances for WWE as she is married to Cedric Alexander. She competed in the second May Young Classic in 2018, where she battled against Zushis in the first round of the tournament in a losing effort. She also competed in a match against Nia Jax during a Raw episode in 2016 as an enhancement talent. That's badass. Right, right. It's not like she had one match and then they offered her a contract. She's had multiple matches in the company and... They decided to pull the trigger, which is awesome. She deserves it. She's going to be a great asset. I just, I hope, I hope 2020 is the year that they do something with their women's division because they've got some of the most talented women out there. 
and nobody's doing anything except for Kong and uh, Brandy. They got so many great women. I hope this is the year that they actually do something with the women's division. Maybe they need a... I don't want them to have a second show for women because to me that demotes them. But they need to find they need to find some way to highlight their women and not just have matches. Like give them storylines, give them personalities, give them highlights, give them backstage vignettes. Let them main event. Don't do that <laughs> again. That that demotes them though. Why are they the she elite? Why aren't they? Why don't they take over being the elite? Why don't all the women be on being the elite and we don't see uh, the Bucks or Cody anymore? I'd watch that. I see enough of the Bucks and Cody on the fucking show. Yeah, I don't want to demote them, though. That's the thing. It's it's Once you separate them, similar to Ring of Honor's Women of Honor, it's like once you separate them, it demotes them. Now, that's not to say a company that is their own, such as Shimmer, Shine, and Stardom, that started to be a women's company. To me, that doesn't demote them because that's what it's for. Honestly, yeah. Yep. If that's not... Yeah, if you're not going to do much with them, have 10 great wrestlers. Yep. If you have 10 amazing women wrestlers and and you're only going to showcase them once every third show, then do that and make it a big deal when you showcase them and make it amazing women and let them steal the show and give them a main event. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is there is no cookie cutter to where you can just say I'm making a wrestling federation. There you go. Obviously that doesn't happen. We're going to find out in 2020. She's been impressive. Yeah, this is almost a perfect example of what we're talking about. Here's a rookie. She doesn't have it yet. She's not going to be a main event woman. But she's been super impressive. But when she's on AEW TV, on Dynamite, they're not delving us into her backstory. They're not letting us know about her. They're not explaining why we should love her. 
Yeah, and, and and they call the match good. I'm not saying they don't. They call the match well. But if I'm watching somebody I don't know, and I'll, I'll be the first to say, I don't know this Chris Statlander. But I've been impressed. Tell me why I should love her. Tell me why I should tune into AEW to watch her. Because there's somebody watching that show, and it's not the millions and millions, but there's somebody watching that show that she's the only one they liked on that show. And explain to that person why they should tune in next week for her or tune in next week for the continuation or tune in next week to watch something else that they like that's similar to her. I don't know. It's not an easy job being the announcer. I will say that. Exactly the exact same. Yes, they were. It was right, right. That that sounds right-ish. Correct. Yep. In your um, in your eighteen to thirty-five male demographic, they had the exact same, and that's the one that um advertisers covet. So the, the battle's on. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And we got to go back to the Monday Night War thing. That means that that number of people, maybe plus. 5% were watching because there's back and forth action. It's not that everybody that watched AEW Dynamite never watched NXT and everybody who watched NXT never watched AEW Dynamite. A lot of those people are cross-promotional viewers. People, that's a big, yeah. That's a big problem people had with the Monday Night Wars when they were like, oh my God, there was there were 7 million people watching WCW and there were 6 million people watching WWF. No, there fucking wasn't. There was 6 million people watching both of them. So, I, yeah, ratings are, are very iffy and weird. But the fact is, it's awesome that two of the best wrestling promotions right now are neck and neck. So it's forcing them to put their best foot forward, and they're good. Those are good numbers. Like I, you know, I brought up the uh, the in ring house in AEW. They're making good TV numbers for for TNT that they're on. Those are awesome numbers, and they're not going anywhere. They're not losing TNT anytime soon. They're bringing in people to watch them. Go for it, buddy. And SmackDown's their flagship show right now. <laughs> oh, that was... Boy, doesn't that give you it all? They're not They're not bringing back old school fans who have left. Let's say that. And the... <laughs> yeah. Um... And yes, obviously your grandfather is not the demographic they're shooting for, but it's, yeah, 
it's sad that when old school wrestlers can't come in and appreciate, or old school wrestling fans can't come in and appreciate it. That's sad. There should be a good mix. Oh. I like that. And, uh... <laughs> right? And, Pasty, I got some news that's going to make you feel better, and I, I, I almost said something when you brought it up, but I, I decided I was just going to wait until now to bring it up. Pro Wrestling Sheet is reporting that following last night's final battle pay-per-view, Colt Cabana is now out of Ring of Honor, not staying with Ring of Honor. Colt Cabana was part of the company years ago during his first incarnation and since returned and exited a few times. Cabana is still the NWA national champion and he will defend the title against Ricky Starks and Aaron Stevens in a triple threat match at tonight's NWA Into the Fire, which is going on as we record. He also recently ended his Art of Wrestling podcast after nearly a decade on the on the air and being the originator of the Pro Wrestling podcast. We'll have to see what's next for Colt Cabana, who, as we all know, never likes to stay idle and always keeps moving. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's sometimes those gimmicks you just can't keep forever. I mean, look at the Undertaker; he couldn't keep that gimmick forever. He's he's evolved it, and that's fine. You can do that. I'm not watching Stone Cold's and uh, WWE Network talk show because I watched I watched it before and it wasn't good. <laughs> Yeah, but we've heard that so many times. It's got. I bet you it's the exact same copy and paste he did on the Reverend's podcast and on all the other ones where he's, where he's Mark Calloway doing an interview outside of the Undertaker. It's not. It's not the first time he's done it. Yeah, Stone Cold is Stone Cold's hit or miss when he's not on the network. When he's on the network, he's miss. At least, I guess from his last one. I, I don't know. Maybe if I run out of shit to watch, I'll watch it. But I, I'm a long way, at least at this point, from running out of shit to watch. He I, I, His last one didn't do anything for me. So they put a new title on it and do the same thing. Why do I want to tune in? That's my opinion. <laughs> I seen that. I I seen a thing where I well I seen the headlines that said Stone Cold asked Goldberg did he consider himself a copycat in WCW. I was like, well wait a second. Goldberg looked like that when he was in the Atlanta Falcons playing football, and Goldberg and Austin wrestled two completely different styles. And Austin has always said Goldberg was a muscle guy, and Austin never was. 
Like, what did they have in common other than the fact that they were bald and had a goatee? Which, again, happened long before wrestling for Goldberg. <laughs> and I'm not a Goldberg fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need that. Oh, my God. We don't need that. No, not at all. No, I'm, I'm not a Goldberg fan, but I always think it's weird when people say Goldberg was a copycat of Steve Austin. Like, in what way? Goldberg never cussed. He never, like, defied the um, establishment. He never, like, other than them, yeah, them being bald and having a goatee. And I guess the trunks, they both wore black trunks. Because I think they were the only two who have ever wore black trunks in wrestling. I'm pretty sure. Right? I don't think that's true. <laughs> Does Goldberg have his ear pierced? <laughs> that is true. That's racist, but that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, talking about uh, white people. John Moxley returned to New Japan Pro Wrestling's World Tag League Finals, pasty. Haven't seen him in New Japan for a while. Well, he's not. He made an appearance, not a match, and Moxley, who was stripped of the IWGP US Championship in October after weather issues forced him to miss the New Japan Pro Wrestling King of Pro Wrestling match against Juice Robinson, wants the championship back. The championship he calls his championship because he never lost it. But Juice is no longer holding the championship. In fact, Lance Archer has it. Not they should take a book from WWE and do that. <laughs> Moxley made his way through the crowd after, and he ended up dropping both Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki with the paradigm shifts. He then went to the floor and grabbed the microphone saying, just, I will take my belt back, Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom, Texas death match. Which, I think Lance Archer... I don't know where Lance Archer's from. Maybe Texas? Moxley is not from Texas. New Japan has nothing to do with Texas. I don't know why it's a Texas death match. I'm excited to watch it. Not a big not a big Lance Archer fan, but I, I'm excited to watch it. But I don't know where the Texas came. I'm going to look up Lance Archer real quick and see if he's from Texas. Otherwise, that's just weird. Nope, that was just a street fight. That could be. Oh, he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's born and from Texas. Okay, so that at least makes sense. Lance Archer was born in Gauss, Texas, Texas, and lives in Austin, Texas. So... <laughs> so okay that does make sense I like the Texas death match now the whole time this whole week I've seen that and it's bothered me but I never took the time to look it up so that makes sense I like that 
Should be a good one. Not a big Lance Archer fan, but you throw in uh, Deathmatch and you put in John Moxley, I think it's going to be good, if not great. I mean, it, it's going to be in uh, Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom. It's definitely not going to be the best match of the night, but hopefully it's one that we talk about. You know what I mean? Two days. I'm not looking forward to that. I don't like that. I, that really bothers me. They're making it a two-day Yeah. Th- this year, I'm going to watch both days, all matches. But if they do it next year, ugh, we're going to have to pick and choose what we uh, go over, Pasty, because I, I don't like two days. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the double days. <laughs> I don't know why they're doing it, and I don't like it. Well, and that's also like not the place for MLW to step in. Right? Like, just let the police do their thing, you know? Yeah, you don't you don't go up there and just be like, nah, he's a good dude, leave shit alone. You just let a missing person's case go and develop as it may, and, you know, you, you want them to find the person, don't, you don't get involved at all. It'd be like if Jimmy Snooker murdered his girlfriend on a ship and then Vince McMahon paid the fucking judge off to get him off. Oh, shit! That fucking happened! And Hunter hired his daughter. <laughs> Who doesn't do shit, but he still gives her a fucking paycheck. Yeah. Go ahead, finish the story. I'm sorry I interrupted For the for the record, the best of three falls match at uh, War Chamber I enjoyed, and I didn't I didn't come off saying Teddy Hart really stole the fucking show for himself and didn't let anybody get over, but I also didn't set the show up backstage and have a plan, so he obviously went off script. Uh, Teddy Hart has his issues. This just underlines it. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Hey, John. Yeah, not cool. In character. Yeah, this was... Yeah, this was obviously a shoot interview, not a work interview. MJF was a work interview. 
There's a difference. Um, and Pacey, with the new year approaching, we here at Beefsticks Podcast scoured through legal documents and came up with a list of all the known contracts that are up next year. Now, there's a few things to take in mind. Not everything is a public company and they don't have to release all of their information. And the names that we're saying whose contracts are up at a certain time, we are not saying they are leaving that promotion. What we are saying is their contract is up. They may be able to leave. They may resign. They may be able to negotiate. We're not saying they're leaving. We're just letting you know that their current contract is up for renewal or up for contention. So we'll knock through this uh, pretty quickly and just give you names and dates. And Pasty, if I uh, tickle a bone that you want to jump on, go ahead and jump on it. Otherwise, I'm just going to kind of knock through them. How's that sound? So starting off with WWE, Matt Hardy is out in March 2020 is when his contract is expired. The Revival's contract is through April 2020. That is because Dash Wilder had 10 weeks tacked on to his contract. Mojo Rowley, who, again, wow, he's employed. Uh, His contract is up summer of 2020. Rey Mysterio, his contract's up October of 2020. But his out clause is after 18 months of that. So after he's done in October, he has 18 months, over a year. Um, bef- I want to re no, I want to re-say that. I I I I took I've said that wrong. His out clause is after 18 months. That means he has a contract longer than October 2020, but he has an out clause. Yes, he has the option to leave in October 2020 if he chooses to. My bad. Obviously, Dominic. Obviously, they brought in Dominic to keep him past October 2020, I think. Uh, Mandy Rose is in late 2020. That's possible. Uh, Mandy Rose, late 2020. That's surprising because she's fairly new. Doesn't have an exact date, but there you go. What do you think so far, Pasty? Anything you want to touch on? Oh, they would be great in AEW. Um, this may be unpopular, but I want to see Matt Hardy. No, no, I want to see Matt Hardy, wherever he goes, take a backstage position. Maybe have a couple more on-screen matches, but I want him to be a creative personality and a producer. That's what I want. I think that's where I think that's where he's going to shine the most. He he could, you know. I mean, anybody's gonna his my he's he is this generation's uh, Paul Heyman. He has his problems and he has his niches, but he is one of the most brilliant men out there. Dare I say that? Um, yeah, I didn't know he was still with the company. I've not seen him. I don't want to see him. I don't like him. 
Never did. Never did. Mandy Rose, she's going to resign. She's got nothing better to do. Uh, yeah. Uh, MLW, Pasty and my favorite organization. Only has a handful leaving next year that we know of. And um, it's all names that could easily go somewhere else, and that's sad. Davy Boy Smith Jr. Um, from what I could find, it's a minimum through 2020. Not sure what that exactly means, but minimum through 2020. So that's what we got. With Teddy Hart leaving, could Davy Boy Smith follow? Is Davy Boy Smith going to get the same push without the Hart Foundation? Is there a Hart Foundation without Teddy Hart? These are all, you know, Teddy Hart was the only Hart. There was Davey Boy Smith Jr., there's Brian Pillman Jr., and there's Teddy Hart. There, there's no hearts. Obviously, Teddy Hart, or Davey Boy Smith Jr., is a heart through, it is bloodline, but that's not his, his legal name. And Brian Pillman Jr. does not have any blood relation. Brian Pillman was just a heart um, through, uh, the same way The Rock is a fucking Anawaii. It's through, like, quote-unquote, blood brothers. You know what I mean? They consider themselves family, and I dig that, but they're not actually family. So what do you do there? I don't know. Yeah, we also got M we got MJF and Jimmy Havoc in July 2020. I have a feeling, I have a sad, I don't know. This is where it comes down to how much, we know that Court Bauer and um and Tony Khan are friends. I'm hoping that they both decide to work with each other and MJF and Jimmy Havoc are allowed to work both promotions going forward because they are huge cogs in both promotions. And it's great... Pr it would, but that to me that hurts them because they're... They're small, they're small fishes in a big pond in AEW. They're not going to do much. Maybe MJF. Yeah, MJF maybe. And that's if they keep with it. So I'm thinking their best bet is for them to be with both of them because AEW's, to me, AEW's best commercial is MLW. Um, they, they're on a major network. They have Chris Jericho and Dean Ambrose and Cody Rhodes and Goldust. And that's about as much as you can get of the um, casual fan. You have to bring in new people. You can't rely on, we're going to take WWE's guys or WWE's fans. You know what I mean? You can only do so much of that. And if you have your guys wrestling on MLW where hardcore wrestling fans are watching, because a lot of hardcore wrestling fans aren't watching AEW for just that reason. It's a, for better or worse, it's targeted as a WWE runoff. You know, it's all ex-WWE guys that started a corporation and are doing it. So I think that's good promotion. It's a small audience, but I think it's a hardcore audience. But I, I don't know. They could easily go to AEW for the money. AEW is going to offer them way more money than Court Bauer will ever offer them. 
let's admit that. If they said, here, we got an exclusive contract for you for six figures, and Court Bauer is going to say, I can offer you a 1000 a week, well, if you got kids to feed, you're going with AEW. Impact Oh, That's true as well. MLW doesn't have near as many dates as AEW. So, and Jimmy Havoc is a veteran. He's not a young feller. MJF and Davey Boy Smith Jr. are both pretty young yet, but Jimmy Havoc, he's in the latter of his years. Uh, Impact Wrestling has two huge names, and they're the only ones I could find up through 2020. But remember, Impact Wrestling has a few has a lot of names that are working on a not completely contracted basis, so we could see more people leaving 2020. But Rob Van Dam is up in January 2020, and Sammy Callahan is up in December of 2020. Pacey, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound horrible, and the internet's gonna hate me, and I love Rob Van Dam. But depending on what kind of money they're paying Rob Van Dam, I'd let him go. He should end in WWE. Nobody wants to stop telling everybody to go to AEW. He would never fit in an AEW and nobody in AEW wants him there. What? What? What do you want to see in AEW with with Rob Van Dam? Well, you can see that in Impact. You can see that in MLW. You can see that in Ring of Honor. You can see that in WWE. There's high flyers everywhere. Why would he go to AEW? He has nothing to do with AEW. What connection does he have to AEW? What what has Rob Van Dam and Jericho ever had a huge promote uh, a card together or tag team together or anything? Like that's no. He needs to go to WWE. He needs to finish his career out in WWE. He needs to become a Hall of Famer. He can have a hardcore match with John Moxley in Impact or New Japan or WWE. I I actually don't think that either. <laughs> He's got a very unique style that works certain things. Yeah. I just want to see I think he just needs to go to WWE. To me Rob Van to me Rob Van Dam is ECW WWE Impact. Like that's what he is. Why? He's better than the other fuckers eating a time on it right now. I'd rather see him than see the fucking Miz out one more time or Rusev or any of the other fuckers that are out there that don't draw ratings. Rob Van Dam might not draw ratings. I just want to see him get a payday and get the Hall of Fame. That's what I want to. And if you're going to end your your if you're going to end your career, end it in the place that's going to give you the biggest bang. And WWE is the place to end. You know, I mean, that's the place to end it. You you ask anybody who's wrestled anywhere and also WWE, they want to end it in WWE. Goldust, he's going to end his career in WWE. He's leaving AEW for WWE easily. Moxley, 
he's going to end it in WWE. Cody, probably not, in all honesty. But, um... <laughs> but Cody, Cody and Moxley, yeah. All right, so let's, uh... So, we got Sammy Callahan, and Rob Van Dam. New Japan, Ring of Honor, we'll knock through this one quickly. PCO, we don't want to see Ring of Honor. He just won the championship. He's through 2019. <laughs> PJ Black is through 2019. He's more of an announcer than a wrestler at this point, uh, but he's doing good. Beer City Bruiser through 2019. A lot of these are through 2019, so I don't know if that means that their contract is up January 1st, but this is what I could find on the internet. Hiroshi Tanahashi, at least through 2019, turns not fully disclosed. Shane Taylor, at least through 2019, terms not fully disclosed. Roosh, with Ring of Honor through 2019. New Japan, he's longer. Bandito through 2019. Kelly Klein through 2019. This one surprised me. Haruki Goto through Wrestle Kingdom 13, which ends on January 5th. I think he's easily... I think he's easily re-signing with New Japan. He's not going anywhere else. Ah, MLW. MLW. Uh, maybe AEW, because he's got a lot of friends there. You know what I mean? I know, but he has history there, damn it. Let's make it make sense. <laughs> that is true. Um, John Moxley, as far as New Japan, is through Wrestle Kingdom 13. He's only got, he signed for two days. He'll, he'll sign he'll sign these short-term contracts. Like, I'll show up for this show. I'll show up for this show. Obviously. Uh, Maria Manic was a short-term... <laughs> right? Maybe. What about... Uh, oh, what about the... Uh, uh, um, Machine Gun Anderson and Doc Gallows? Yeah, I like them in AEW. <laughs> right? That would be so fun. So fun. Um, Ring of Honor also has Maria Manic only through October of 2020. Flamitas through December of 2020. Ryu Lee, who is also Dragon Lee. Through December of 2020, Flip Gordon, minimum through 2020, Rocky Romero, <laughs> not anytime soon, uh, Rocky Romero, RPG Vice, minimum through uh, December 2020, Chase Owens, minimum through December 2020, AEW obviously is a brand new startup, and they have nobody leaving through 2020, except Tony Schiavone, who is maybe up sometime in 2020. Again, this is a private company who just started, so there's not a lot of information out, and they're being very smart about keeping information hidden. I went to a lot of websites, like not wrestling websites, but business websites. Couldn't find a lot. What I found is Tony Schiavone is up sometime in 2020. 
The only other next contracts to expire, which aren't 2020, but I thought, hey, let's put AEW in it because they're important and we want to know what's going on. Chris Jericho was smart and only signed through 2021, but I see him re-signing. And the only other one who's only through 2021 is referee Bryce Remsburg, who is through August 2021. So all the people that we know of that I can find information on are signed at least for another couple years, which is smart. Probably, but they're not disclosed. Oh, fuck, you think? Yeah, they're not. So we got, we're, we're way over time, but this brings us back to the old times, doesn't it, Pasty? Uh, I say five stars. Six stars? Oh, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. It's old school. We, we dig it. We're doing it. Anyways, uh, we got WWE TLC predictions. That's uh, not tonight, but tomorrow night. And, Pasty, we have an open challenge for the Raw Tag Team Championships. The Viking Raiders are going to take on somebody who accepts their challenge. We don't know who it is. You go with your VKR. I actually was 100% on par with you and assumed it was going to be the Authors of Pain, and I think they're winning it with their Seth Rollins connection. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> it was them. Could be a crackhead got hold to the wrong stuff told him to climb a tree. Throwback, folks. This is going to be a pre show match. <laughs> that, it should. It should, because this is going to be awesome. I would agree. Um, Pacey, I'm going with Aleister Black. This could go either way, and I like both of them. Uh, I like Buddy Murphy in the ring. I still am not behind his character. I love Aleister Black in the ring, and I love his character, so I'm go that's why I'm going with him. I would agree with that. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. So we got the first of our stipulation matches. We got a tables match. Rusev versus Bobby Lashley. I'm assuming that Lana's involved in this in some way. Who are you picking to win? Okay. So I have 
I I see two ways that this match ends, and both of them, to me, say that Rusev is going to win. The first way I see this ends is that Lana betrays Bobby Lashley and goes back to her love Rusev and helps Rusev win. And that's why Bobby Lashley got to fuck her seven times, because that's pro wrestling knowledge. I'll let you fuck my wife seven times. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you fuck my wife seven times just to beat you on TLC. Ha, ha, ha. I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so that's the first one I think of. The other one I think of is Bobby Lashley. <laughs> the other thing, the other outcome I'm going with is that Bobby Lashley and Lana are still a thing at this point, and you give the baby faces win over the horrible asshole <laughs> fucking chocolate. I'm going with Chocolate Willie to lose. <laughs> That's my pick. Chocolate He's got some big titties. I've been with women who have smaller titties than Bobby Lashley. Let's be honest. He do. Um, I'm gonna go with a new day. <laughs> Maybe that's best case scenario. Yeah, but you don't see the money they wave in front of their faces. Sometimes sitting at home on the couch getting paid that much money is kind of nice. I don't know. I'll buy cars and houses and women and drugs. We like our drugs. Yeah. Yeah, New Day. Uh, Universal Championship. Now, this one is kind of interesting because WWE has teased that it may not be The Fiend taking on The Miz, defending the Universal Championship. It may be Bray Wyatt. It sounds like that. Um, so, without getting into whether it's Fiend or Wyatt, because we got something of that coming up, do you think it's going to be The Fiend Bray Wyatt winning, or do you think it's going to be The Miz winning? All right. And I, too, think that Bray is going to win it. I, I don't – The Miz isn't winning the Universal Championship. Get the fuck out of here. We already know that. Come on. It could. 
You could, but I don't. I don't see Daniel Bryan ever getting the championship again. Yeah, he is basically Finn Balor now. Mask. Yeah. Well, no, the paint would be the mask. He doesn't. He doesn't win. He doesn't lose in the paint. He loses when he's not in the paint. Fiend doesn't lose in the mask. He loses when he's not in the mask. Does that make sense? Uh, they're not going to have a sister Abigail. They've teased it too many times. Do you know how many dolls he's had in his career in WWE? Husky Harris had a doll! Husky Harris! Okay, what do we got next? Yeah, that'll make you yawn. That's a long-ass fucking title for something that shouldn't be a first ever. They should. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, you and I both say Charlotte and Becky, and and how could it's a first ever WWE, WWE, which is fine. One's blue, one's red. I think that's where you're going with this. Yeah, that's true. Um, WWE loves to uh, jerk itself off and then spooge on Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And I, I feel like that's Vince McMahon's way of um, bukkaking them two. But he does that. They've, they've been in, those two have been in so many first evers. It's like they just love to jerk themselves off and spooge it on those two. It would be, even though they're, they're both great, and everybody knows my thoughts of Charlotte, um, I think she's only great because of the flair name. But, yeah, it is. Basically, we have a match with the Kabuki Warriors, but Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch are going to get bukkakied, but that also means they win. Go and fucking figure that one out, folks. Because that's my description of this match. This can't be the fucking main event, can it, Pasty? Does anybody want to see Roman or Corbin in the fucking main event? I'd be okay. I'd be okay with Reigns and Corbin being the fucking pre-show. How are they the fucking main event? Nobody has ever tuned into WWE to see either of these two guys. Oh, fuck. 
Well, how are neither of the fucking... Hey, wait a second. Is there not a... WWE's championship isn't on the line on this one? Who has that? No, there's the universe. Oh, okay. So, okay. So they don't even have that. So, yeah. So they have a non-title match as the main event. Allegedly. We don't know what's going to close the show, but. Oh, I, I would rather see Brock Lesnar. I like Brock Lesnar. Um, I'm, uh, go ahead. Pick your guy. Nobody gives a fuck. Or don't fuck it. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Roman Reigns. I'm, I'm gonna go with Roman Reigns because he can't lose. Fuck him. He's in the main event. Needs the fucking has no the viewers. Yeah, no shit. Oh my gosh. Let's get to the tiebreaker, Pacey. It's more entertaining than the main event. Honestly. So I'm I'm going with Fiend <laughs> mainly because you picked Bray Wyatt before me. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Bray Wyatt. I'm going with Fiend though because um, not only I mean it's a fifty fifty chance. Come on, but they have been teasing it, so I think it's Bray. But I'm going with Fiend. Right. So is there a thing where Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I hope out of all the women and we've talked about it for oh god, over a year about Sister Abigail. Um, Liz Morgan is probably at the bottom of my list of women. The the the, the peppy blonde like I don't even want to see Alexa Bliss. There's so many good ones you could have done. You know, Sarah Logan. But that's sad because you're gonna do somebody. Yeah, but then you're gonna do somebody like Liv Morgan. If they do somebody like Liv Morgan, it's not gonna get over, and then Vince is gonna say, "God damn it, we gave you a main event spot, Liz, and you can't get over. What the fuck?" It's like it's not her fault. It's not her. Don't put it on somebody that it doesn't make sense to put it on. Right. I want, but I want Sister Abigail to mean something. What would Liv Morgan mean? Well, but again, that doesn't make. But that has nothing to do with. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with Sister Abigail. First of all, Sister Abigail was something that existed before Liv Morgan was in WWE, right? 
Yeah, so he wants Sarah Logan to fucking do it. Why would? What does Liv Morgan have anything to do with it? She wasn't there when he first started his gimmick. How is Liv a good creepy character? She's bubbly. Nah, Alexa Bliss, yeah, Alexa Bliss owns, Alexa Bliss owns the I was a cute blonde bubbly person and now I'm horrible and evil, but she has, well, no, she competes awesome and fucking puts on five-star matches, but she also, um, oh yeah, she's nowhere near towards the end, uh, but she, she um she has the uh, uh uh personality the charisma and everything to bring that out. I don't know that Liv has that. Maybe maybe not. All right, I think we're done. Uh, don't forget to hit up manscape.com promo code BEEFSTICKS B-E-E-F-S-T-I-C-K-S 20% off, free shipping thank you for tuning in I'm Fat Mac and I love you